0: Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. As per usual, I am Kevin.
1: And I am Daniel.
0: And this is episode 13, the first of 2017. And the last where we talk about 2016. And the last we ever do. (laughs) (laughs) Happy New Year, buddy. Yeah, thanks, bud. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could have gave me a Happy New Year
1: yesterday
0: on the first... But you didn't. You know, I'm a bit of a... You didn't a, even look at me.
1: I'm a procrastinator, man. I do things on my own time.
0: I don't know if that's it, how I put I it. If I could,
1: this episode would come out in February. that's how I put it. I do things on my own time. Yeah. Did you have yeah. a good New Year? Is that what it is? Yeah. Is that what it is?
0: Is that what
1: it is? Yeah, that's what it is.
0: Did I have a good... Um, uh, yeah, we, we were a family unit mm. on New Year's Eve. Were we ever? We did all sorts of zany things.
1: You, you baked a ham... I did. ...from scratch. You chased my. down... <laughs> Epic, <laughs> The biggest boar I could find. <laughs> my fifth annual Ezzo family ham. You
0: diced it up. Oh, it was, it was delicious. Yeah. Oh my god. I, I I hope my dad doesn't listen to this and he won't. But he won't. I will say that you outdid his
1: ham. That's crazy. You out you out-hammed him. You out-hammed him is what that, you That's did. all I can hope to do is out-ham a man in his what, 50s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh he might be pushing 6. Yeah. I don't yeah.
0: Know. I'm really not certain what my parents' ages are. Um or my siblings' or no, 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 no. The little one's
1: 15. Anyway. The man with arms? <laughs>
0: the man with arms.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, we, we made a brilliant dinner. We had corn on the cob. We had some cheesy potatoes. Oh, so good. Scallop potatoes. Uh, they
0: are fucking delish. Got Mor- drunk. Morgan got her potatoes on. Yeah, she, she did. did. She did. She killed it.
1: Class action. Hook.
0: Slotted it. Yeah, I got pretty drunk. Uh, <laughs> we, we ran through two six-packs. I don't even think I saw a beer in your hand.
1: No, I had a bottle of sangria in my hand all night. Yeah, you
0: destroyed entire bottles of sangria, yeah. sangria, and you're just like, I'm not drunk, and yet you were, <laughs> do things that kind of were telltale of being, <laughs> being drunk. Drunk, yeah. <laughs> uh we played some
1: party games we something did. we don't do often was it fibbage and fibbage and quiplash i didn't think i was gonna have much fun with these games it was at pretty all. fun they were awesome it
0: was pretty fun meatloaf candy
1: <laughs> meatloaf candy was the the hot word of the night <laughs> it was a hot word of the night. uh we come to find out these games have trophies too because we got them on what the ps4 yes Yes. And we, we tried to get a hundred percent on both.
0: <laughs> we tried so hard, but some of them require you to like have an audience or some shit, and yeah. nobody's doing that. I, I, who makes games? It's like the you don't know Jack guys. I forget the name of the, the,
1: the company. Jack games. jack or jack, yeah, Jackbox. Jack, jack, Jackbox Simon Jacks. I don't know. Nobody's
0: doing <laughs> that feature. You could have not done that. I'm gonna, mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that out loud because it's like there's a, there's an audience of ten thousand at any given time. Like, no, <laughs> no, there isn't, yeah. guys. <laughs> there is not. I'm surprised they're still around. I remember playing Jack and uh, or You Don't Know Jack on PS1. Yeah, that was a God long damn. time got shot. Good times. And we set off some
1: fireworks. Yeah, we did. actually um, I, I had... expired. <laughs> they were all expired, actually. They yes. all expired in either 2011 or between God 2011 damn. and 2013. So we were worried that they were either going to go off too early or not go off at all. But
0: Like one didn't go one off. One didn't go off. And then the rest didn't pop.
1: Yeah, like I two pop. I, I thought I just had maybe One like pop. two packs of sparklers. Now I had fucking like big, big sparklers. I don't know and, why. Yeah, you had the, the color changing yeah.
0: uh, sparklers. Nothing yeah. that
1: actually got like lift off, you know? Nothing, we went
0: buck points. wild, but it was a treat when the neighbors started firing off illegal fireworks yeah. in our neighborhood <laughs> and making us look
1: like little boys in comparison.
0: That was great. That was awesome. I enjoyed that a bunch. Uh, what else you got going on besides the year? What have you been up to? Um, playing video games, or you, you've been—you've
1: been. you been, i am playing video games. You know what I've been doing. Diddling to. yourself. Uh, I think I'm gonna save the video game talk for our topic. What? Yeah. You don't want to talk about video games? Uh, I mean, I could a little bit talk uh, about. Other uh, what am I doing right now? I'm playing. I'm cleaning up on uh, the platinum for Final Fantasy 15. I got two more to go. Two more to go. Uh Proud play, of you. playing Overwatch, trying to get some of the last loot boxes for the holiday event, and mm-hmm. I'm about two thirds of the way through <laughs> the Last Guardian. We had a disgusting streak last night on Overwatch. Actually,
0: it should be mentioned.
1: Oh, it was great. Jumped cool. into
0: competitive. We have like, what, five matches in a row that we won? Mm-hmm. Yeah, career high over here. Brilliant. This guy got the platinum. I'm Finally platinum. platinum.
1: I got there. It's crazy because all the other seasons, you and I were at least <sighs> like 500 or more points apart in mm-hmm. this one. we're like This is the closest we've ever been in ranking.
0: Well, if you listen to previous episodes, uh, dear Save Rumors, uh, or Room Friends, mm-hmm. Room Fiends, <laughs> I was placed pretty goddamn low. Mm-hmm. In season three, uh, yeah, you really were.
1: 1933
0: was what it was. So that's like what silver almost. Yeah,
1: no, it was silver. Yeah, silver. So is this is fucking, a meteoric rise. He's fucking. He hit three <laughs> different ranks. <laughs> it was a phoenix ascending. I think he's gonna surpass me and hit diamond.
0: There's no way unless you decide to put that game down for like a good, like a good week, a nah, good two weeks. That won't yeah, you're never I, gonna put I don't that think, game down. I
1: don't think since it's come out, I have put it down for more than like five days. Mm-hmm. And it's only been because I've won out of town and haven't brought my PS4 mm-hmm. with me.
0: And then you get really sad.
1: I do. I come back and I just need to fucking overdo it.
0: You remind me of that scene in E.T. where he's sick and he mm-hmm. gets all gray.
1: Oh. Yeah. That's you away from Overwatch. <laughs> really though. No. So what have you been playing otherwise? Uh, uh, what? What have you been playing?
0: Oh, bro. Let me tell you about this. Oh, I've been playing a little uh, Japanese ditty uh, from our friends across the eastern pond. <laughs> Little little jammy I like to call Senran Kagura, Estival Versus.
1: Or Busty Brawlers. Or Busty Brawlers. <laughs> As you call it, which I thought was actually the, the sub name. Yeah, because we've been
0: calling it that much. <laughs> um, we had a song for it, too.
1: Yeah. You want to sing it? Sure.
0: Senran Kagura, Estival Versus.
1: Yeah. That was great. <laughs> we've just been singing that uh, all over the place. All you week. know, whenever there's a game yeah. though, we do sing songs from it, yeah. Like, we had a whole album's worth of songs for Dark Souls. so Monday, Tuesday. Dark Souls, Dark Souls! <laughs> so, like, we just do it. It's just something we do to entertain ourselves. It should
0: be a musical podcast from now on. Like, so? What are we doing discussing games? Don't a I shit. don't think the
1: mic could handle the spike levels of us just singing like idiots. Yeah, probably not. We would yeah. need the pop okay. filter. Yeah, I gotta get the pop filter for that. Um, so, uh, even brawling. With so, the so girls. essentially,
0: think of it as, as at its core. It's like a Dynasty Warriors game, like mm. a little hack and slash battle action, but you play as uh, 25 different girls, uh, young women, mm. if you will, anime women, okay, nonetheless, and what happens is you're fighting hordes of other girls, and when you attack them, their clothing tears off of their body until they're down to their underwear. Now, <laughs> if you fight um, boss characters, I'm using quotations, you can't see that, but hear them. They're there. Uh, boss characters otherwise uh, girl, other girls that you can play as you can fight like you know up to three of them in a single match you start ripping off their clothing the more you attack them to the point where your final attack completely disrobes them and some some girls enjoy the shit out of it hmm. some girls have this like blush on their face and, <laughs> and then some don't like it like it hurts sure. <laughs> they're like ah and, you know you're slapping undress me less yeah and there's some sort of narrative going on there, uh, as evidenced by the uh, twenty fucking minutes of cutscene before every five yeah, minutes. There's like match. an anime in between each battle. Yeah, except they're they're just standing there. It's so low budget that they're just standing there, like the models are just talking at each other and, in front of like
1: fixed backgrounds. Yeah,
0: fixed <laughs> backgrounds and the dialogue scrolling in the bottom of the screen. And that, that's all you. get.
1: That's so very Japanese.
0: There's no like cutscene, cutscene to it, and then you know they're moving around and the you know and. They all have different personalities, you know. I I, I, I got a few girls I like. Hamura mm-hmm. is pretty pretty dope ass. Yeah. She, uh, dope ass. She uh, is like a tomboy. She starts out with jeans and all that. But uh, so here's the thing: you start out in one set of clothing, mm-hmm. and if you transform like Sailor Moon style, you get completely naked. Of course, there is um. It's called what? Shinobi form. Shinobi form. Okay. When you go to Shinobi form, but uh, their genitals or the goods, I would say, besides <laughs> their ass, is covered in shining light. Brilliant. And some of the characters even reference this. They're like, oh, is this the power of the shinobi? <laughs> so you'll see their ass, though. Their ass is out and about. Mm-hmm. And they, this little scroll pops up. It's their ninja scroll. And then they wrap themselves in their new garb, which is either something more lewd. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's way more conservative. It's okay. confusing. But then you got to rip it off. <laughs> okay? So this, this game is revelatory.
1: It like looks fun. It is. I see you stringing like thousand fun. hit combos. I haven't I know. done that since God of War.
0: It's oddly fun. <laughs> it's it's a simple hack and slash. And obviously, it's what the kids like to call fan service y. Mm hmm. Um, but, you know, that's a hard game to masturbate to, I would say, because it requires both hands <laughs> so on the controller to really, like, jam out those combos. You can't just okay, be like, oh, you know, it, no. I hear you. I guess that's why you have your OVAs. You can watch your fucking. Sure. You know, your manga or anime, whatever you do, you kids do. Why did I get this, is the question? Because it
1: was $20 on sale. It was $20, and, and I. Read and you've it, been talking about it for months. I read
0: about it on Waypoint. They had an interview with the creator of the series, and the dude was going on about, like, how. Because he, he's like one of the few uh, Japanese developers to come out and say like, "Okay, no, I, I I can tell you why I have nothing but women, and they have huge breasts and they get naked in my games. I will talk to you about this <laughs> as candidly as possible." Whereas other developers actually uh, shy away. Yeah, they don't want. They don't even want to discuss it. They're just like, oh, "Ignore it." Like I'm sure nobody, nobody on the Final Fantasy XV development team has addressed Cindy. <laughs> Like, I can't find an interview anywhere that's just like, yeah, so we decided uh, she should be, like, you know, fucking wearing, like, two shreds of clothing. Mm-hmm. Whatever. You know? You got you got a game full of boys. <laughs> They're all leather clad. They're all leather clad. leather daddies. We need some eye candies. <laughs> <laughs> like, but nobody. nobody. They act like it's just a normal part. Like, oh, yeah, that's nothing. You know, that's how it goes mm-hmm. sometimes. Sometimes you have a, a stripper mechanic. <laughs> awesome. So that's why I respected these Senran Kagura guys. They, they they came out and literally said, "So why do you why why did you put this in the games?" Patrick Klepik, I think was interviewing me. Mean, he goes, "Because I like it."
1: <laughs> I respect that sort of answer. <laughs> I, was like, God I God, mean, God. why else are you making games for your, but for yourself? You know.
0: And I will note there is there are no male characters in the game thus far. Hmm. I've Played the entire game, no male characters. There is a older grandmother, mm-hmm. and they mention a grandfather character, but only. In these visual novel sequences.
1: <laughs> what a great game about feminism in Japan. Yeah.
0: And I think it's an empowering story. <laughs> it has to be. It's an empowering story. Otherwise
1: it's just fucking jerk candy.
0: It's definitely jerk candy. <laughs> and it's empowering. It's empowering <laughs> jerk candy, okay? Alright? Okay. You, you got me? I got you, <laughs> Alright, so we gotta speed along in some of this. We do. Because
1: um, we got a big episode ahead of us.
0: Yeah, I guess. And you got to go to work. Apparently, we, we, we like to do this at the most inconvenient times. We had all yesterday off, right? No,
1: not you. Fuck I you. didn't. You have every day off. You're always fucking I'm doing always whatever. always days off. And you're like, right? what are we going to record? I'm like, bro, I work two jobs. Like, what do you, what do you offer me?
0: I think you are dropping GameStop.
1: Yeah. Well, I, at the moment, I'm still working two jobs.
0: You told them it was only going to be um, Christmas. You're done. Yeah, I said after Christmas. Don't fuck off. Fuck off. I don't care about your pre-orders and your reserves I and don't your... don't care about your circles of life. And your fucking s- subs. Circle this life. <laughs> can we can we talk about uh, GameStop candidly yet, or do we need to get you
1: away? From We've been that? talking candidly about GameStop. I don't care what happens with my, with
0: my career. Right I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Is that, job has no bearing he's on not, my life.
1: He's, he's not trying to move up to the Grapevine, Texas. shit. <laughs> fucking management <laughs> fucking level. Take your fucking jizz encrusted controllers and cockroach consoles. No, well,
0: you okay. you told me there's a renewed focus at GameStop for the employees to focus on like you know pushing subs or I'm sorry, they're not called subs anymore, are they?
1: It's the magazine subscriptions, oh, yeah. the, the power card. Yeah, it's the power up reward, so the, the renewals, yeah, there's a push for that.
0: <laughs> push for that and push for pre-orders again, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, but when you first got there, you told me that it was kind of lax yeah. on that and suddenly
1: renewed again. I mean, the Circle of Life was a thing when I got um, hired and then they dropped it for something else and then they brought it back well, and like, wow, this really works yeah. for us.
0: Drop drop on the viewers, Circle of Life, What is that? Uh, what was that entail?
1: Circle of Life, you buy a new game and then the mindset is you will bring it in you will trade it in, and then yep. you will potentially uh, buy pre-owned games, mm-hmm. which creates revenue for the company because that's how they make their money. Right. Um, you will reserve new games down the line, creating new potential new game revenue, um, and then you know you will renew your power-up card. So it's like the cyclical thing where you're buying new, trading, reserving, buying pre-owned, buying new, and just goes around and
0: so you're caught in their system. You're yeah. caught in their web. Their
1: the web of retail lies.
0: We talked about, too, like a lot of people walk in the GameStop pissed off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like they'll come down and, don't, you're fucking this cat. <laughs> you find the paperiest thing to start <laughs> playing with when we're recording. Um, so you walk in, and let's say it's a couple months down the line. Like, for instance, I, I traded in Uncharted 4, which is uh, an immaculate game. one yeah. of the best of this year. Got it at talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Got it at 60 bucks. Sure. I'm not expecting to get 60 bucks back. Right. I am not that customer. But I'm thinking in my head, maybe $22. Mm-hmm. You know? Maybe 20 Maybe I can get a bonus. I'll
1: be fair. I am told $12. Forgetting that not even, it didn't even come out like a year ago. Right. And <laughs> I, I I have to think about
0: this where it's just like, well, it's cat. <laughs> this cat's all over oh God, Let her do your thing, man.
1: <laughs> Garner her power. So soft. I know she's a very soft. That's what stuffed animal she made of this sort of material.
0: She really wants attention right now. She knows we're up to something. Well, she just wants to be involved. So I got twelve bucks for it. That fucking sucks. They're gonna turn around and sell it for what's about still like
1: thirty-five. So 30,
0: Thirty-five now. Yeah. So okay, gotcha. That, that's closer to making sense right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know people are trying to get in there like, and get actual like cash value for this, which you know, for twelve bucks. That would be what, like eight, mm-hmm. seven? Yeah. Something terrible. Cat, please God. <laughs> <laughs> she found the tape. That's yeah, fine. It's fine. <clears throat> but yeah, the, the, the whole system is meant for you to be the kind of customer, this is the ideal customer, mm-hmm. to buy a brand new game week one, come back week two, trade it in when it's still worth 30 mm-hmm. And then hopefully you'll buy something used. But hey, if you don't, it doesn't matter. You've given us the opportunity to sell that game for fifty four ninety nine. Exactly. And that is their system. That is their racket. That is how it works for them. Because they, they make next to... I, I've worked at two different video game retailers, including GameStop. You don't make money off of new games. No, and not systems, nothing. And in fact, uh, employees don't even get a discount on new consoles. No, we don't.
1: Cause, new well, games, yeah. Yeah. But not new, like, hardware.
0: Because the amount made is negligible. It, it, yeah. It's just a, a draw, is what I like to call it. It's supposed to draw you in. These companies are not making money off of this shit.
1: Absolutely. <clears throat>
0: so that's why used games occur. Hmm. And it has been this epic clash of titans, though, where the video game industry, publishers, and developers want to control that market, which is digital, Mm -hmm. uh, because they're not seeing any profit from used games. Not at all. I'm sure the savvy viewer knows about this war. Um, And I don't know what's going to break that circle of life, Hmm. so to speak. I think somebody's going to have to get real competitive for it to change the whole system. Think so. Where digital games come out and be like, okay, you can get a physical sixty, but uh this is fifty. That might fuck up the system. That might.
1: I mean they already still at the as it is right now, they release digital games without tax. So that's a an incentive that's point true. for some people. That's true.
0: It, it without tax, still full price, though, is yeah. is, is the harmful bit where it's just that's like true. dude, it's not tangible. <laughs> I can't trade it in. I can't do anything with it. You know, so from a customer standpoint, there's a, a greater perceived value for these things. But what I'm I'm not well. I guess I shouldn't be shocked by. But mm-hmm. now you were telling me that depending on how uh, I guess a employee's numbers are mm-hmm. at a GameStop, sometimes they won't even go to the register for fear of fucking up like the balance. Is yes. that what you're telling me? Yeah.
1: What the fuck? Like we have certain percentage goals we're supposed mm-hmm. to meet for our store every yeah. sales day. Um, And we have to meet those individually as well as, you know, as on top of being a store. So as a person who works once a week, like my numbers are very disproportionate because I could ring in one sale, say I get like a reserve, sell some pre-owned games, do a trade, do all that stuff. I'm at a hundred percent across the board Mm -hmm. um, because I so infrequently work, but they need our numbers to be at a certain point. So say, you know, I'm only selling new stuff. Well, my numbers are getting washed really hard. So they'll only have me ring in like pre-owned stuff or reserves or stuff like that, stuff that kind of bolsters my numbers and makes me look better than I actually am. And in those instances where I'm not getting those things, I will ring on like somebody else's. Till. So.
0: But th- this is the uh, preconceived notion of what GameStop views as good. Yes. Like, it's good that this person is pointing our customers to used games, mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not he actually is. As long as his numbers say that they are. He is a valued employee at that
1: point. Well, it was discouraging in that moment because I came on it was like one of my shifts after... Um, Black Friday, and I'm told I can't ring up. Yet there's a line from our cash wrap to the back door. There's, like, eight people in line. I'm like, I can't ring any of them up, so, like, I feel useless. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Restock the walls while one person's ringing people up? It creates this weird customer perception that, like, I'm not doing all I can from a customer service standpoint because the company wants me to focus on these arbitrary things. Mm -hmm. It's weird.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. You're not doing all you can for a customer standpoint for fear of... (laughs) devaluing yourself in the eyes of the company. And that's completely fucked up. That's like one of those things where it's like, I I experienced shit like that fucking eight years ago when I worked for GameStop. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I can't believe that's still a thing. It is. And I know they've been voted uh, time and again, like one of the worst companies to work for. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) When you're getting hired, they outright told you, most people get this as a part-time job Mm -hmm. because it's not even sustainable.
1: Yeah. They're They're like, you're going to want to have a second job. And it's like, well, good thing I have a full-time job already.
0: And it's like, I feel like GameStop could grow at least in a customer service standpoint. I don't even know if it's it's something that they should care about right now because I think their their main fight is to keep relevancy. Because mm-hmm. I think five years time we're gonna see brick and mortar GameStops like a thousand of them gone.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, that's gonna make a lot of sense. You know, especially when people internet speeds catch up to what we're doing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they're fucked. Sorry. Good, good, good that they set up <laughs> right. a, uh, you know goddamn own, own a publishing arm. <laughs> yeah. That's true, yeah. Like, yeah, keep your skin in the game somehow, you son of a bitch. Too bad it was Song of the Deep. I heard that game didn't do well. It's a good game, though. Yeah, it's fine. I'm not going
1: to trash it. I think is way better. Mm. I haven't played Headlander, but what I played of Song of the Deep... Yeah, you got a real, free copy
0: up your really alley,
1: enjoyed. though. I do, yeah. I so I haven't given you the code, have I? So. <laughs> you're, you're holding <laughs> you're, you're out on it. <laughs> I really am. That's cool. Give me yeah. the head, man.
0: So, yeah, I just wanted to pinpoint, like, it, There, there is a... Um, Systemic problem with that company right there, mm-hmm. and it's like no wonder that you know of the companies that are out there, GameStop deserves go out of business. I I would say a with, major with, reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, just, just just telling me about your ecosystem of customer service. I'm just like, there you go, you failed me, you failed me. You're here for the customer, not for yourself. Mm-hmm. That that's my viewpoint, in business. But okay, that's fine. You want to get some news, buddy? Yeah, let's roll it on. Why don't you roll it, man? did the roll finger. I got a few quick items here uh, because it's uh, it's been the holidays and there isn't too much, too, too, too much going on. Ooh, I had one thing that I didn't write down, two things I didn't write down. Uh, Breaking that we got today, breaking news, Mm -hmm. a Miss Laura Kate Dale, who is a uh, renowned, I guess, leaking journalist. I don't know what to call it. She breaks stories. Yeah. She gets into the leaks.
1: I don't know what that's called.
0: Yeah. Um, sh- today she actually, well, previously she purported information that, uh, we even talked about on the show that Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was going to miss launch window for the Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. Now she's saying it's going to hit dead on. Awesome. And people are already giving her shit for backpedaling and I'm just like, well, what's wrong with correcting information? Mm-hmm. You know, what's wrong like, with- cause if you understood the video game industry and I hope people that enjoy games at least do to some regard, things change, man. Yeah. Things change on the fly. Things change overnight. Things change because you can't fucking foresee some of these things happening. Like, uh, obviously, you know? It's not going to be like, all right, here's a perfect plan in place and it's going to come out that way. Mm-hmm. No, not not at all. In fact, that's why the video game industry is so secretive with us. You know? That's fair. <laughs> I'm sure that's why the Nintendo's been very coy with the Switch until it's going to be January 12th. that They're doing the... The reveal. Well, the the editor tel- reveal. Feel, yeah. <laughs> you know? Because I'm sure there's some shit that we're going to see that's like, ouch, I wish you told me that about the Switch sooner, but hopefully, ho- you know, their hope is that we get caught in the zeitgeist and we want to pre-order anyway because, oh, look at that, they shot a fucking Mario and a Zelda, and yeah. they're all coming out. Fuck the fact that it has a two-hour battery life outside of the dark, do- <laughs> you know, shit like that. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. Uh, I hate that she's getting a lot of shit, I think she does a lot of good work. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, she would become an enemy of publishers and whatnot, and I'm sure that's why a lot of her relationships are based off of like retailers instead that mm-hmm. you know, leak marketing materials or leak information and this and that, because yeah. I, I don't know how she would be getting these direct from the companies. So. I don't think she would be. Um, but yeah, that was interesting news. Hmm. I have written items for you. Number one, Daniel. Sources have told Kotaku that WB Montreal's long-rumored Suicide Squad game has been canceled. Mm-hmm. I know you're sad. A quasi-follow-up to the studio's Batman Arkham Origins, which prominently featured Deathstroke, a famous member of DC's anti-hero troupe, Suicide Squad was said to be a co-op action game that had at least two years of effort put into it. The Suicide Squad game underwent a turbulent development cycle, ultimately leaving Warner Brothers management unimpressed with its state uh, during Greenlight meetings. The cancellation precedes several internal departures at w, uh, WB Montreal. The studio is said to have shifted its focus onto a new Batman title starring Damian Wayne, the petulant son of the Dark Knight. Hmm. Rumors pointed to a December reveal for their for that game, but an announcement has not come to pass. Uh, I wonder how much of that... I mean, on the one hand, yeah, unimpressed, awesome. I'm glad that can happen in games where it's not just like, well, fuck, it's a big license, kick it out the door anyway, mm-hmm. you know? I'm glad that they they actually said like no, you're not. If if that, if that's true, like no, you're not making this if it sucks. That's awesome. That's fair, yeah. And I have to wonder how much of the movies reception kind of hurt that image. I'm sure WB was looking at that too. Like they're not they're not They're dumb, not. Dumb. Man. Yeah,
1: they their game publishing like is good.
0: Oh yeah, their game publishing has been on fucking fire, mm. man. I I look at my collection, half the games are fucking uh uh, goddamn WB games. Mm-hmm. You know Warner Brothers in some facet or another. Like they they took over NeverSoft, or at least they own NeverSoft. Mm-hmm. So they do Mortal Kombat and Injustice. They did Dying Light. They did Middle Earth. I'm like goddamn, they did the Max Paint or not Max Paint? I'm sorry, Max uh, Mad Max Max okay. like, oh, Fuck, dude! Like WB's
1: it's killing it. Up, yeah,
0: killing it. Their movies aren't really falling in line, no. but you know. Fuck, they're killing it.
1: But it makes sense that they know how their games sell and they wouldn't want to push this one out the door unless they knew it could be mm-hmm. something that we'd like. Yeah, I mean, Or that would work.
0: And it, it's, it, it's interesting because it seems like without Rocksteady or at least uh, on, on franchises that aren't in the Rocksteady pantheon, they've been struggling. Because I mm-hmm. heard uh, way back a rumor that they're trying to do a Justice League game in the same vein as Arkham. And I'm sure like the number one problem that they ran into is how do you make the Flash and Superman work in like that kind of gameplay mm-hmm. style? You know, I'm sure there's some ways to do it, but with you would still feel restrained. You would still feel like, "Fuck, like that's not gonna work." You're
1: like, "This is Batman's world, right?" It would ba- feel restricted. It's
0: Batman's world, and it's like, uh, unless you create
1: a different mini open world for each character,
0: right? Exactly, but th- Lego. Yeah,
1: I was gonna, <laughs> well, that you're that's making the a Lego that, game. Um, that came to mind.
0: Superman's the hardest character to do. We have not had a good Superman video game. Why? Because he's a god. Mm-hmm. You have to make a game that, that fits somebody that can fucking level buildings, fly into the stratosphere at a moment's notice, and make you feel powerful. They And they're like, That's well, hard. we got flying and uh, heat vision, and it's like, dude, he's an invulnerable character. How do you put a health bar in that motherfucker? Right. Like, it's not... It doesn't work out, you know? So I, I, I could see where Justice League failed, but... Suicide Squad seem more tangible.
1: Yeah. You know?
0: More grounded
1: yeah, cast of characters. Yeah, several of
0: them are made up of uh, Batman's rogues gallery. Mm-hmm. But And it was supposed to be co-op. That would have been cool. But I am interested to see them do a Damian Wayne game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if it tethers to how Arkham Knight left off. I know you didn't beat it.
1: I haven't even played it yet.
0: Oh. Well, uh, basically the Joker burst out of Bruce Wayne's chest. <laughs> Yeah, just fucking... I'm back, bitches. Yeah, yeah. That. All of a and that's the end. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh, yeah, that was the ending. Um, so I don't know how they're going to continue that story. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, Daniel. Ew, and I love this one. Hang on, I got snot, Ooh. Where oh, we got... It. Konami's famed franchise of whip-cracking, leather-bound heroes... Yeah, you like that? ...may finally be getting the animated treatment it deserves. While discussing his upcoming projects on the Nick Animation Podcast, which, if you didn't know exists. Fred Seibert, the founder of Frederator, dropped a huge hint that a Castlevania animated series is going into production. His quote. We have a project now that we're doing that needs to go unnamed, based on one of the most world-famous video games of the last 30 years that we've had in our shop for 12 years without being able to get it started. But there are great characters and a great story, and we eventually got it going. Rederator is the acclaimed animation studio behind such beloved cartoons as the Fairly Odd Parents and Adventure Time. Okay. Okay, I, I put down Fairy Odd Parents because I was confused. It's fairly odd. <laughs> it's fairly yeah. it should be fairly odd. Yeah. Anyway. The latter of which is approaching its 2018 series finale. That's, uh, Adventure time is ending. In 2015, rumors of a super grim, unrepentantly gory take on the Belmont clan's Mythos uh, made circulation with A.D. Shankar. I'm so sorry. The director behind 2012's Dread. Attached. Yeah, A.D. Shankar just threw me. through yeah. all my, my, my rhythm there. <laughs> yeah. His name is hard. Anyway. It's unclear if Frederator's Castlevania will follow this bloodline or attempt to produce something slightly more digestible, given their track record with younger audiences.
1: Hmm.
0: I want to see it as, like, a Netflix show.
1: That'd be cool. Really like cool. a Netflix miniseries?
0: Yeah. Something like that. Something along the lines.
1: Where, like, each episode would be, like, a different, like, Big Bad
0: or like batchful of episodes, mm-hmm. you know. Or if it's a different Belmonts, you can do like like hey, the first three are about Simon, mm-hmm. and the next three are about not Simon. Okay. What's the other one's name? Not
1: Gabriel. They made up Gabriel for oh, okay. Shadow. Yeah. I don't Trevor. 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 Okay. Trevor. okay. So, no, this is cool. I, mm-hmm. I like Frederator, um, and I like their work with um, Adventure Time, specifically the stuff they do in terms of fantasy, um, mm-hmm. and I think they could really build, like, a cool mythos and a backdrop for this, like, world in terms of, like, an animated series, and I think they have, like, good, they're great at telling stories, so I think they could mm-hmm. really put together a strong story in case for, you know, the bell Yeah,
0: and I hope, I hope they uh, dig into the, uh, you know, the older mythos, if mm-hmm. you will. Because uh, as much as I love Lords of Shadow, which is a kind of a remix of Castlevania lore, mm-hmm. I, I want to see that kind of classic style come on out, you know? That'd like, be cool. Especially that Simon's Quest era kind of shit. That would be cool to see them do an adaptation of that. And keep the music, man. Yeah. Keep the fucking music. It's already there for you. Just checking around right here. What you got for me? Da-da-da. Da-da-da. No, we'll talk about something in a second. But I got one more thing for you here. And then another one more thing. Though industry analyst Michael Pachter predicted Bethesda would release the sixth installment in the Elder Scrolls series sometime in 2017, that estimate may be off. Hmm. By a lot. (laughs) Pete Hines, Bethesda Studios' vice president, took to Twitter and insisted he and studio director Todd Howard have already mentioned several times that they're currently working on two major projects that are to release before the Elder Scrolls VI. In fact, Hines says the long-awaited fantasy RPG isn't even in active development. Hmm. Meanwhile, Pactor remains bullish that we'll see Elder Scrolls 6 very soon. Once more on Twitter, he wrote that Hines and Howard are likely talking in dog years, and that he'll change his predictions for sometime in 2018. And his quote, But you don't have my permission for later.
1: <laughs> weird. <That's how> <laughs> That's how... I hope they're friends. Yeah. Oh my god. It's weird, passive-aggressive <laughs> shit. Yeah, really.
0: <laughs> so he, I, I guess he thinks they're outright lying about that. Hmm.
1: I mean, I think if it's I, like in development under the table.
0: If I were Bethesda, I would have that bitch in development for sure. Yeah, because that is of your two hottest franchises, you know. And Bethesda does all kinds of other things in their wheelhouse, mm-hmm. obviously. But the main studio, I they're only responsible for those two games. Yeah, because everything else is just published by Bethesda. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, what are you working on? I mean, hey, cool if they can come out with like a new franchise or new something. Mm-hmm and make it work hopefully it's not the same open world dribble
1: i feel like it's gonna take them some time mm-hmm. uh because you look at the distance between i don't know fallout 3 and fallout new vegas to fallout 4 and it was a good like six to eight years mm-hmm. and then what skyrim came out in 2011
0: 2012 uh, 11 i
1: think yeah. Uh, so yeah i feel like 2018 maybe 19 that feels around the mark for it Whew. a long time yeah People want uh, Skyrim 2. <laughs> yeah, they do. I, I want it pretty bad. I'm going to call it that. that Skyrim, two. Skyrim 2. Gotta, that Skyrim 2. got plenty of people playing uh, Tamriel Unlimited, so hey, that's something, right? Yeah, you yeah, have plenty of people doing
0: that. I don't know. Hey, I'm going to jump into a PSA real quick. Okay. Bethesda cool. can do better.
1: Bethesda can do better. They can do better. Hear this, Bethesda. Like...
0: Like I can't get excited seeing the name Elder Scroll Six because my my first thought is fix your combat, mm-hmm. and then you
1: got me. Fix your combat, fix your engine, fix your load times, fix <laughs> it all. Just fix everything. Fix
0: fucking everything. Stop acting like uh, bugs are a feature.
1: Right, that should be your PSA. <laughs> <laughs> bugs are not a feature. Bugs are
0: not a feature. There you go. Um, you got flyby news for me. I do have flyby news. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a little thing here about Resident Evil Seven. Uh, let's see here. Masachika Kawada, so you Mm -hmm. said it right first. first, first, I had to think about that real hard. Masachika Kawada, uh, is adamant that Resident Evil 7 is a true numbered sequel and not Mm -hmm. a reboot as many have, uh, kind of hypothesized. Rad. Yeah. Cause, and his quote was, if you look at just the gameplay that's been shown so far, you may think of it as a reboot at first, but the story narrative have shaped up the fifth series as a numbered title. He says it's still a Resident Evil title which draws on the series' roots of horror, exploration, puzzles, and combat while offering something new. And I got this from Twinfinite. He, he just keeps on going on about how this one's scary, I swear to you. <laughs> like I swear, I swear, it's, it's, it's scary. Believe it's, me. It's a Believe big me. paragraph of like, it'll scare you, I'm telling you it's scary. <laughs> I guess after six, you really have to convince people that shit's scary.
1: That's so
0: true. <laughs> um, when did you want to get into our more Blizzard-y,
1: uh, Blizzard-y news? talk point? Uh, we can talk about it now. Okay. Uh, what was it? In middle December, right before Christmas, uh, via their holiday comic, Blizzard announced that their cover character, Tracer, is gay. <gasps> right? <laughs> and this really riled up a lot of people on the internet. Oh Tons God. of people. they riled. <laughs> To the point where
0: <laughs> some people just, like, their brains resisted it. Yeah, very, like very much. they couldn't wrap their heads around it at first. They're like, well, well wait a second. Just because she's kissing a girl doesn't mean she's gay, mm-hmm. okay? We could, she could still be super straight. And she's and still have super a gal pal,
1: into Winston.
0: To which Blizzard literally <laughs> took... <laughs> the internet, to their forums and say she is a lesbian. <laughs> we are confirming she is an official LGBT character. Mm-hmm.
1: And then it was the shitstorm again. And I, I think it was an awesome forward move by them.
0: I I mean, okay. So there's one quote in here. Well, I agree. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. There's one quote from Matthew Mercer. He plays McCree in the game. He's also the, also, also the host of Critical Role and he played Leon S. Kennedy in Resident Evil 6, the best Resident Evil. Mm. <laughs> no, I can't say that. Edit that out. <laughs> anyway, um... Somebody asked him, like, "Why is this a big deal? Like, who gives a shit?" Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Well, representation that isn't overt or the basis of the character in media is rare. It's just welcome." Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, somebody was just like, "Yeah, her sexuality is not that edgy." And he replied, "Yeah, it's not edgy, but it's welcome." He yeah. keeps on trying to say, "Like, this sexuality is a doesn't need
1: to thing. be edgy. It's just a part of who a person is."
0: And there seems to be this weird <laughs> perception that this is a political move. Mm-hmm. Or that Blizzard is trying to make a statement, and what it really is, and something that, that, that I think it's not that people can't wrap their minds around. It's that I think they're openly against, mm-hmm. but they are PC enough to know not to outright say they're against it. But that's why they come at you with things like, "Oh, it's a political move" or mm-hmm. "it's pandering," when they really mean to say is, "I don't want to see the normalization of uh, LGBT sorry LGBT characters mm-hmm. in the media." that that's what they're trying to say and that fucking blows my mind it's like why does it fucking matter to you why does it change a thing what's our other psa daniel
1: (laughs) what was that i forgot tracer um i don't remember what it was word for word
0: okay uh (laughs) regardless of a fictional character's sexual orientation (laughs) (laughs) you will not be able to fuck them That's
1: that's it that's it that's it doesn't matter if she's gay does not. The thing was, would this have the same sort of effect on people if, say, like, they came out and said Zarya was gay or one of the other characters? If it wasn't... You mean, say, if it wasn't the, the cover character? The attractive cover character. Is
0: that why people are mad? Because now they have a gay character on their
1: cover? That could be part of it. I mean, like we've discussed before, this isn't the first game to have a... Which shouldn't matter ...homosexual PC character. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. We said what The Last of Us did at first with Ellie.
0: I don't know if necessarily... First, I'm sure there's an example somewhere way back yeah. where, where somebody like dipped in and was like, by the way, Luigi likes ass. <laughs> like, but, it, but in the last
1: like yeah, you know, few years exactly yeah, are the two major within the
0: last few years, uh, Ellie was a major one, and then this one is way more prominent. Mm-hmm. She's the only character on the cover, and she's a gay character.
1: That's awesome. It is awesome. It's fucking awesome. I think it's great for um, a lot of kids growing up, adults even who mm-hmm. are a part of the community and struggle with their sexuality and finding empowerment in it. I know a lot of people are really big into this idea and have even started playing more tracer because of it they're like yeah i want to you know ta- log into a character that like speaks to me as a person and i think that's awesome i think that a game that can tap into that part of a a, a culture and mm-hmm. a person's like personality or whatever you want to call it, i think that's awesome i
0: i agree with mercer here that representation matters so much because th- i mean not even like for you know you you 20 year old fucks drinking your Starbucks milkshakes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean to say, what if there's like a fucking ten year old kid out there that's struggling with this identity mm-hmm. and sees a character out there that's uh I won't I won't say prominently gay, but it's just that's a, intrinsically a part of them. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter. Like, it's not like, okay, well, now it's a character deficiency or a character trait mm-hmm. at that point. It is just a background fact about this character which doesn't stop her from being fucking awesome, no. doesn't stop her from being fast, doesn't stop her from being a great team player, doesn't mm-hmm. stop her from being on the fucking cover of the game. No. And for to get that in that kid's mind that's out there, that's just like, shit, like, that... Finally, I mm. I can relate to something. That was so important. I, I think I, it's a very important message. I right? felt the same way about Miles Morales. You know, mm-hmm. you have a uh, black Hispanic character who is Spider-Man. Not Spider-Boy, not Spider-Bro, not mm-hmm. Spider-Sidekick, Spider-Man. Like a lead. A fucking lead. That's so like, important. That's so important for people. And to have, like these fucking assholes come out of the woodwork and just trash it mm-hmm. and they'd be like oh it's fucking pandering and i've been tricked by blizzard like fuck I it i want my money
1: back you ruined the game it's like no this shouldn't ruin anything about the game yeah first of all doesn't does it, change it, the, does way the, the
0: game, game yeah does the gameplay any different
1: You're still going to ignore the fucking payloads. You're still going to fucking go for your own solo kill straight. Every time you
0: drop an alt, you see a fucking rainbow. (laughs) No, it doesn't happen like (laughs) that. Like, what's going on here that's so upsetting to you about this? Is it really just that you can't fucking fantasize about your waifu anymore?
1: That's exactly what it is. Get the fuck out of here.
0: Grow the fuck up. You don't own these characters. No. They're not yours, and... It's it's funny that
1: like we think we own as like a a lot of men think that they own women's sexual agency as it goes, but we even extend so far to think that we own video game character sexual agency. Mm -hmm. No, we don't. Like that's it's up to the developers and what they want to do. It's their vision. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's their vision. It's their art. Sorry, dude. And I I think we should be grateful that we are a part of any developmental process, even as just fans, Mm -hmm. to say like, hey, we don't like this or we like this and to have a de- de- developer actually listen because for me if I was making games I wouldn't give a fucking shit about mm. what anybody said this is my vision this is what I'm making I'm trying to make it work for me
1: yeah
0: fuck you if you don't like it I mean if it's bad then oh maybe I just it's <laughs> I a different deserve. story altogether but it's yeah. like if, if it all works and it hits those cylinders and you just don't like my character choices where it's like yeah this dude's gay fuck you yeah give a shit go play something else go play Call of Duty nobody questions their sexual orientation <laughs> no, no, in Call no, of no. Duty is that what you want awesome go do that fuck there you go.
1: All right. Uh, next bit of flyby news here. This one, I think you brought to me yesterday about uh, how Ariana Grande is going to be in the new Final Fantasy mobile game. Brought it to you in a carrier pigeon. Like. You did. <laughs> uh, there's a, Daniel! A, <laughs> what's it called? Final Fantasy Brave Exvius <laughs> yep. uh, is going to star Ariana Grande in it. That's are the title. Have, <laughs> is, no, it's Final <laughs> Fantasy Brave Exvius. Brave Exvius! <laughs> um, she is going to be starring a character entitled DW, which is short for her album Dangerous Woman oh yeah and it's gonna just be like this little chibi character of her and her bunny ears
0: mm-hmm. yeah. i saw her uh, a picture of her cosplaying as this character that's ridiculous yeah it's all pretty ridiculous but <laughs> who, who was the chicken in, in 13 that had like a huge the the singer what's her name in 13 in 13 wasn't it 13 the singer The us sing- i mean i don't know if she was in the game but i know that she had like a a huge endorsement with
1: the game she did the main
0: theme oh leona lewis one. there you okay. go
1: yeah. They
0: didn't code her into the oh, game, Oh, this right?
1: is interesting. You think she's going to have, like, a main theme for this game? Like, a Ariana Grande is going to do maybe this?
0: Just maybe just throw a few DW songs on there? Yeah. Like, why not? <laughs> That's one of her attacks. You get, like, a belt out a minute <laughs> right. of her
1: hit single. It's interesting, though, because I feel like this is yeah. one of the first times that, like, real-life celebrities have crossed over into a Final Fantasy game like that. Into a Final
0: Fantasy? Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, Johnny Depp was in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <God damn it. laughs>
1: Wow! All right, just take it. (laughs) Bit of written news here on my end. It's just one little thing, and then I'm gonna roll into releases, and then our topic. Roll into it. Boom! CD Projekt Red receiving seven million dollars to develop its next game. That's pretty awesome. 2016 was a big year for CD Projekt Red as their hit RPG, (laughs) The Witcher, grew to mass acclaim. Not only did its two major expansions drop and it received a Game of the Year edition, but the Polish government went so far as to even release special edition postal stamps for the game back in September. Because of how much of a phenomenon it has become for Poland, Poland's National Center for Research and Development has written a proposal and dished out 33 million Polish Zloty, or 7 million US dollars, for the developer to develop their next game. According to GamesRadar.com, the proposal outlines, quote, City creation, seamless multiplayer, cinematic feel and animation excellence, for reasons for funding, end quote. While CD Projekt Red has yet to confirm, the general suspicion is that these funds will go towards their next project, Cyberpunk 2077, which Mm -hmm. is said to feature a vast, sprawling, futuristic cityscape, seamless multiplayer where players can optimize matchmaking and jump into games without having to use invite screens. As for the points of city creation, cinematic feel, and animation excellence, it seems that they probably just want the game to look as good as possible while being as large and seamless as it can be. At the moment, there is no expected release date for Cyberpunk 2077.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: (laughs) it's going to take a while for that one. But But that...
0: The Witcher 3 took, like, what, five years?
1: It took some time, yeah. Because I remember The Witcher 2 coming out in, like, 2010, 2011. Yeah. And then... It's been a while. Witcher came out in 2015, so... Uh, This is awesome, though. I love that this game has done so much for that country that they're just, like, nationally funding it. Yeah, good God, right? That's <laughs> that's crazy. Like, yeah, hey, you know what? Uh, we're we're over here struggling to have a good budget for anything. I mean, and dude, like, here's seven million dollars.
0: I I still say The Witcher Three is the pinnacle of Western RPGs, mm-hmm. if not RPGs world over. Now, I'm sorry, it fucking set a bar so goddamn high that I look at other games and I'm just like, what are you? Right? How how did you not get this? Especially for like.
1: RPGs or light action RPGs almost. Yeah. Like, fuck. That game, like, run circles around a lot of modern game. A lot of developers who should be doing better because they've been in the game longer. They should be
0: doing that.
1: <laughs> like, I, like, like I can't
0: believe that every fucking side quest in The Witcher has its own written out plot. That's amazing. It's not just like, oh, okay, I gotta go pick, pick up rocks again. Like, no, 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 no. It has its own story.
1: Whereas, like Final Fantasy fifteen, you look at the quest and you're like, "What am I even supposed to be doing?" It doesn't even tell you what you're looking for. It doesn't tell you anything about the quest. It just tells you the quest giver and what they need it for. And that's it. Yeah, I've been getting back
0: into the Witcher pretty hard, and yeah. I've been
1: really enjoying my time with it. That's good. Uh, you just got the uh, Blood and Wine.
0: I did. Right? I haven't. I, I think I might beat the main campaign before I jump into that. Which that's I think far. I'm pretty close. Although I was looking, I was going through the game, and I'm just like, "There's no way I'm getting every trophy." I already mm. see it. I already see it. I'm like, no, I'm not going to sit through some of this shit. Okay. Like the Gwent card one. Oh, yeah, you're not
1: really big into like... I already um... missed one. I already
0: missed a trophy that I can't get this playthrough. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, it's for a beast hunt where <laughs> you watched it happen where it was just like, the Peller was just like, uh how about you do the trial for me instead of killing the monster and i was like yeah that sounds like a you know pretty passive way to get this uh, quest done sure, mm-hmm. sure we're gonna go with you i like i believe in the path of least resistance and the game was like cool you're not getting a trophy <laughs> uh, what that's interesting <laughs> apparently it's one of the hardest beasts in the game that wow. i just skipped i was like eh, i'm busy <laughs> <laughs> Fucking game. all right Let's so that's, me, that's
1: my bit of written news there and then um this week is really, really like non-existent in terms of releases for PC yeah. games. Like, that's the only thing that's really happening. It's just a bad week. Uh, a bad yeah, I think next week and later on in the month there's going to be some stuff. Um, I wanted to highlight some of the PS Plus exclusive and Xbox Gold games. Uh-huh. PlayStation 4 coming to this month. Uh, Day of the Tentacle Remastered. Oh, cool. The War of Mine. The Little Ones. This War of Mine. Yes. This War of Mine.
0: Yeah, I was actually really interested in that one. Like a side scroller uh,
1: survival game. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Swindle and Titan Souls. The fuck? Is yeah, Titan those Souls. are the ones coming to uh, PlayStation Four.
0: Why is that so familiar? Titan Souls.
1: I Probably because it's got the word Souls in it. I think you think like, is that is a Souls title?
0: In my mind, I'm hoping that it's a combination of Titanfall and Dark Souls. <laughs> oh, that'd be so fucking cool. <laughs> Which there is a game coming out that's kind of like. Yeah, that. I think that. Uh, who was talking about that? Was that EA or? No, 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 not EA. They. It was the same developer as. Um, actually, that game wasn't very good. Now I'm kind of afraid for it.
1: I forget the fucking name of it. Was it Lords of the Fallen? Yes. Okay. They that's... made Lords of the Fallen. I remember you talking about it a few episodes and ago. And
0: I played it. I was like, the graphics are really good, but it's kind of a pale Dark Souls imitator.
1: But whatever. So that's for PlayStation Plus members. Um, I think the Xbox Gold ones are a little more impressive. Um, so available from now until January 15th, Outlast, which is pretty awesome. Sick. Uh, from now until the 31st, we have World of Van Helsing Death Trap don't really know what that is it sounds great killer instinct <laughs> season two the cave and uh rayman origins which is pretty dope
0: is killer instinct still a thing yeah like that's still something that's supported
1: yeah okay which, which is crazy to me that it kind of fell off really hard because i remember being super into it on that n64 well of course because it was like a launch title killer
0: instinct like, gold
1: yeah it was awesome they had one and two and then it kind of dropped off really hard and then microsoft picked it up yeah Microsoft. And they picked haven't up really them. done much with it
0: they made a new game, but they made it like a, like a season-based, free-to-play sort of deal mm-hmm. jobby. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know. Cool. I mean, hey, fuck, Street Fighter Five failed, and this one's
1: still successful <laughs> True. or True. All right, so that's all we got for news what and releases, right? What is that, World
0: right? of Van, Van Helsing? World yeah. Of, I want to look that up right now. Uh, is it called World of Van Helsing Death Trap?
1: Yeah. It's got this fucking cool-ass cover title, too. Looks, it looks like, looks like a, like a straight-up RPG. Yeah got this awesome looking dragon skull on it
0: are you are you playing on a chess board what's going on here is this like diablo and chess <laughs> i don't understand what's going on here what's happening here
1: i like that uh van helsing type character he looks pretty dope
0: there is like a, a, a chess theme to it all right let's
1: move on We am get stuck on this world of van helsing okay so we got our topic today we're wrapping up 2016. We thought it would be cool to talk about our top games of 2016. Uh, we both come up with, what, a list of five? Uh, yeah. With some honorable mentions.
0: Which, probably.
1: Uh, well, I, I'll start mine off with honorable mentions. Do you have any of your own? Or? Uh,
0: well, originally I did a list of ten mm-hmm. that I wrote on the com, and I also wrote for uh, When Nerds Attack. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I said to myself, because I had the room, the breathing room, to do 10, mm-hmm. I didn't really bother with, like, truly ranking them, mm-hmm. but now that I have to do five, I'm, like, my- It's hard. My top five on on the save room show is going to be different than my top five uh, that I wrote in my top 10.
1: Because they weren't like, in any seven, particular three. order, were they? Sort of. Okay.
0: Sort of. The, the, the top, like, four were really kind of, like- the standouts to me but okay i've, I've got some honorable mentions well, what are your honorable mentions are you doing a few here
1: yeah i have um, i have three um i, I want to first off say I, i've heard a lot of flack for 2016 that it wasn't really a great year for gaming and i have to honestly say the exact opposite it's probably the first year in a long time that i've been excited to be a gamer i've had games that have really engaged me and challenged me in ways that i haven't been challenged in a long time it's it was really refreshing and exciting Um, And maybe it's because we've been doing the show and I've been, you know, working game stuff that I really felt, like, a part of, like, the gaming culture again, where I was, like, wow, I feel at the forefront of, like, everything that's going on, like, in terms of being a gamer, that is. Yeah, this And there was a lot of excitement going on.
0: I I saw you play more games this year than I've ever seen you play. I remember, like, when we first moved in, Mm -hmm. you would play Borderlands 2, and that was a whole fucking game for the whole year. That was... When we first moved in,
1: well, um... No, because I got my PS3 when we first yeah. moved in, so I was going through backlog stuff and then playing stuff as it came out. So I, th- I would say the first year and a half of us living here, I went through a lot of games. Like, my did you? PlayStation 3 collection is fucking enormous.
0: That's true. The, the year
1: question. I did Borderlands 2 is because I was back in school and I was, like, working okay. on a new major, and that's the only game I played that year because I was working on my degree so hard.
0: Well, I'm trying to uh, say you crushed it
1: in games this year. I, I, I tried.
0: Even if <laughs> the pie chart is Overwatch-shaped.
1: So... We want to go back and forth, I'll do my honorable mentions. Yeah, guys, what do you yours, I'll go five. Drop no me one. On. Um, so my honorable mentions, I have a few. Um, these are basically games I haven't really completed that I think are worth talking about.
0: Okay.
1: I have The Division on there. Okay. Really standout, phenomenal experience. Um, I know it came out back in March. I feel like people don't really talk about it. No. Uh, mainly because it it had some um, balancing issues and a lot of things went wrong with it around like the launch of it. But when I got my hands on it, I thought it was like one of the most crisp games i played in a while the action was super fucking on point the cover system was amazing i thought the like the open world in new york that they like gave to us like this to scale futuristic version of new york was was amazing like i felt like i had walked down some of the streets before um the missions that they gave us like some of them were very much like generated in the same way but there was a lot of variance to them too um i thought the skill trees were awesome and then the raid type missions that you had where you can basically jump in with friends and And do these missions together. I thought they were really cool and engaging. Um, And they even had the Dark Zone, which was something I hadn't really encountered before. Maybe games, you know, have done it before. But it was this cool, like, PvP area where, like, you go in and you just fight other players and you can go rogue. And the whole map will be after you. But you're basically just, you know, fighting for, like, exclusive loot and stuff. Um, I don't know. I thought it was really awesome. I never got to finish it. I fell off really hard with it. But the time I spent with it was probably one of, like, the most excellent experiences I've had this year.
0: I think Felic felt like, was <laughs> like, me and Brandon were, like, really over-leveled.
1: Yeah. That's because I got into it maybe a week after everybody yeah. else did, and I would jump into games with you, and I was like, there was such an imbalance between my level mm-hmm. and yours, I would just get slaughtered. You couldn't sit. even do some of the missions yeah. that they were doing, which so, I,
0: I thought was so dumb, because, like, they there was some sort of equalization system in the game that didn't fucking work right, mm-hmm. that would, like, try to, it, it wouldn't even balance the enemy levels between the R2 levels mm-hmm. too well. Like, I remember it tried to do something, but I just remember it being bad. It, it was, was, like, it, it was, it was like painful.
1: Like, like there were there were instances where you and I oh because be they tried to do a
0: median be- yeah. between our levels, whereas Borderlands Two would have been like, no, you're going to fight enemies your level and on our screen, it's enemies our level, mm-hmm. which is a brilliant solution to that problem.
1: Yeah, that Division didn't do. Just really weird,
0: but uh, I think so. Division I think is a great game. Mm-hmm. Or at least, I think it's a very good game. I think its online was cool. I think mm. its world was fucking cool. I think its gameplay was way better than it ought to have been. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was just... Had like no this, business being that good. Like you said, the cover system is, like, out of this world. I'm yeah. just like, fuck, <laughs> the cover system's so good in this <laughs> Like, for me, game it beat game.
1: out, like, Uncharted at times.
0: Yeah, to the point where I remember playing Gears of War 4 this year, mm-hmm. and they have a pretty much the same cover system as the last three games. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, this is archaic yeah. compared to Division. But the problem with the Division is that it came out in 2016. Mm -hmm. and we've already had Destiny which is a game that it obviously takes several key notes from Mm -hmm. and Destiny I would say is a more dynamic experience than what The Division gave you especially in 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 end game content Mm -hmm. in fact I would say 70% of my time with Destiny was end game where I've already beaten the story I've already gone through that shit whereas there was no end game there was nothing I was just like oh I can get better guns in the dark zone and you were done it's fucking annoying it's dumb oh you can collect 170 fucking terribly written audio logs terribly written audio logs. Like mm-hmm. They were so bad sometimes I wanted to throw up. But I, I still think it's a... Yeah, that deserves a very it, honorable mention. It
1: was good. I don't even play games like that. I don't play military shooters, but no. I enjoy the shit out of that.
0: That was a good one. Uh,
1: it really was. So that was on there. Um, I'm in the middle of this one right now. I wanted to put on my list, but I haven't finished it, so I didn't feel like it had a right to be on there. Uh, but The Last Guardian... Okay. I think it's such a fucking achievement in gaming. Um, yeah, it's an
0: achievement. I,
1: th- I think it really is, especially for that studio. Yeah, it feels dated in a lot of ways. The controller feels messy. Like I feel like I'm holding putty in my hands at sometimes. Like some of the controls don't make sense, um, especially when it comes to like dismounting your character off the trico. And I'm just like, why does this not feel good? Um, but I think for a lot of the flock it's gotten like the platforming is amazing. The trico responds a lot more responsibly than people have said like i have had no trouble like guiding the beast from one corner to the other or getting it to do what i need to do like you just pay attention to it like if there's a room full of enemies and it's like riled up you have to pet it and calm it down if it's hungry like you have to feed it like there're just little things that you have to do to kind of like guide it along and like i didn't even think it like hindered the experience that much
0: so you think pet owners would enjoy the game more i think, I
1: think pet owners would enjoy yeah. it a little bit okay. no cuz there's this sort of bond that like you forge with this creature and it's like I, it's something like I've never experienced a game where, like, I felt myself, like, really invested in these two characters and their journey. Much like I have, you know, all their companion-based games like Eco and Shadow of the Colossus. Um, But I like it because it's a throwback to puzzle games. I love, like, it makes me feel smart. I love games that do that where I'm like, I solve a puzzle and I'm like, wow, I did that. And I don't even think they're extraordinarily hard puzzles. Right. But, like, the way they challenge you to, like, explore the environment and do things in it, I think it's really, like engaging and awesome Um, and they even kind of went the extra mile and made it a like light open world because like in the other games there's only really one avenue you can go to kind of like solve the puzzle this way they give you like kind of a bunch of dead ends and areas to explore i thought it was kind of cool um it suffers from a lot of frame rate issues like Mm -hmm. i feel like the ps4 can't handle that game at times especially in open areas where there's too many things going on in the background but when it smooths out and it plays right it plays amazingly so
0: can't handle a PS3 game, huh?
1: No. Weird. Yeah. But it looks great um, in terms of backgrounds and the main character. I have to say the Trico's the ugliest fucking thing I've ever seen in a game. Yeah,
0: it was horrible. But it's
1: it's terrifying. Like, if they wanted to create a monster, they succeeded. It's like a fucking Wendigo from my nightmares. <laughs> so. I don't
0: understand. People are like, oh, it's so cute. It's got a butthole. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, it, I'm sure nothing but dark holes from hell come out of that butthole.
1: So. Uh, pretty great i saw
0: you got that trophy for watching it shit by the way yeah i did i just fucking
1: i heard i heard it squat and i was like "Hmm, hey buddy high fives um and then my last one this is real quick uh Mm -hmm. it technically came out in 2015 but a retail copy got in my hands in 2016 (laughs) and i have to talk about life is strange because aside from uncharted it gave me the best narrative experience i've had all year
0: (sighs) yeah probably
1: um phenomenal game from start to finish a lot of great uh, adventure-esque uh, exploration things. The choose-your-own-way-to-play element was awesome. Even though in the end, it like, I don't want to ruin anything, but, like, it only matters one of two ways. Like, your decisions kind of get erased because of the whole yeah, ability yeah, to Yeah, but that's the Mass Effect Three argument Where yeah. I'm just
0: like, it it needs to end one or two ways, mm-hmm. you know, in a way. Because, like, the rest of your story really is, depends on your choices and how you got there. Mm-hmm. Your journey is completely dependent on your choices but before then. Yeah. And then it's like, well this is the best way to end but the story. the
1: choices life. you made along the way, you feel like you really made catastrophic mistakes or right. did the right thing. And it, I don't know, I loved guiding Max along that journey and seeing her interplay with other characters and really feeling what she felt as she made like the what could have been the wrong move. And she's like, huh, should I undo that? And you're like, I don't know, should I? And you have the opportunity to go back and undo things. And it, I don't know, it's just like a, a really interesting interplay with the rewind mechanic. Um, so really standout experience from gameplay to adventure to soundtrack. It was just phenomenal from mm-hmm. start to finish.
0: Mm-hmm. One so. of my favorites of uh, last year. So, <laughs>
1: those are my honorable mentions.
0: I had to I had to corner you and be like, "Hey, you're not gonna put that in your best of list, are you?" I was like,
1: "Technically, I could, but technically... it did not come out." in Twenty six. It, it released <laughs> episodically in yeah. twenty fifteen. So
0: yeah, so that was that was cooked. So because for me too, it was the first time I played it was this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had it sitting around the house for like three months, and I was yeah, like, we played it over the summer. I'm like, let me let me try this one out, and it fucking blew me away. Mm-hmm. First episode's real rough. I gotta say that's gonna turn some people the fuck off.
1: It was real rough, but I think they listened to uh, fan feedback about mm-hmm. it and kind of shaped the next episodes after that. Um, right, I thought that was really smart. So
0: yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it did have a very staggered release, but yeah, that's that's one of my favorites. I think it just has such a such an impactful story, and the character work is just so 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 good above above what this industry typically does.
1: You got your honorable mentions for me. uh
0: no, I got nothing for you. You don't really have anything for me? You Not wrote nothing.
1: A, you wrote a top ten list and you distilled it to five. Nothing
0: honorable came out this year. <laughs> Everything embarrassed itself. <laughs> it brought dishonor upon its head. Now, I, I I have a few things here. Uh, Tumblr just shut down because that's what Tumblr does on phones because it's of a piece course. of shit since it's Yahoo the took the it over.
1: Fucking app.
0: Jesus Christ. Why do we accept these things? Anyway. Uh, yeah, I got a few honorable mentions here. I'm going to give a little shout-out since you already took Life is Strange to another uh, story-based game. Batman the Telltale series. Um, pretty, pretty good story, I should say. Despite its gameplay faults, as in this isn't really gameplay, I'm just moving a stick around until the next cutscene happens. Telltale, get the fuck on that. Mm-hmm. Um, besides that, I think it was such a cool interplay between the cast of characters and they, they uh Kind of change the dynamics between who you thought would be a good guy or a bad guy, or or their motivations were completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, where the game starts you off where Harvey Dent's like your best friend. Interesting, you know, that that's such a weird thing, and yeah. he's he's kind of like um, using your uh, billionaire acumen and your kind of political pull in order to to supplant himself in office, and you make some choices. That like can either help him or hurt him, you know, depending on what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And spoiler, big thing is, uh, depending on your choices, he either goes uh, full dent or full two face. Hmm. Yeah, so he, you could end up like not saving him at one point. And he gets his face fucking obliterated. Shit. <laughs> and he, ends up, fucking he ends up like a goddamn schizophrenic. But he's still the mayor of the, of the city, hmm. which is crazy. Although I heard that he's still schizophrenic regardless of his injuries. So okay. I, was just like, that's I the think they're
1: maybe point. just exacerbated. By but the I did injury. hear
0: there's a standoff that happens when he's Two-Faced that doesn't happen when uh, he is just, just Harvey Dent. Okay. So I was just like, that's really cool that a major event doesn't happen at all depending on what the fuck you do. Hmm. So I feel like out of the Telltale games, this one had some pretty impactful choices that change the course of the narrative and I, I like what they did with Batman there's a heavier focus on who Bruce Wayne is and what he means and all that shit and that that, that was really cool I think it, it's their standout it's one of the standout games one of the better Telltale games okay. uh, you know I think there's some lesser ones out there I, we don't disagree on one of them but I mean we don't agree on one of them I think mm. Game, of, Game of Thrones was trash it was so boring it was so fucking boring my dude I didn't even finish it I was like I don't, I don't care
1: no you didn't um, I, I think there were some uh, quests or character arcs that were better than others. Like Asher's Asher. story line was a lot better than yeah. um, some of the other ones. But I, I liked it a lot, actually. I thought it was a very Game of Thrones. Um, it was iteration. Game of Thrones, yeah. yeah.
0: That's fine. Another shout-out, a big strong shout-out, goes to Headlander. Okay. Met- the Metroidvania game of the year. I'm going to say that. Not Song of the Deep. Fucking Headlander is the Metroidvania okay. of the year. You got two different camps on this it, argument. Uh, one camp's wrong. The other camp played Headlander. <laughs> you understand me? Okay. It was so good. Adult Swim Games is coming up in the fucking world. In fact, I got to play some games at PSX at their booth, and I played another one, uh, which was uh, Raise the Dead that we talked about on a previous show. I'm just mm-hmm. like, god damn, you guys are finding the right devs to support and publish. That's cool. You guys are doing the right thing where you, you're kind of... Hunting down this middle ground that was so prominent in PS3 360 area uh, era that's kind of going away and disappearing this era. And I'm like, no, 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 no. don't let that happen. We need games like Headlander. Mm-hmm. Like, my list is saturated with big-budget games. And I that's not, I don't know, it speaks to my taste in one regard, and then in another regard it's like, well, that's all there fucking was this year. Mm-hmm. The division, fucking Far Cry, all this shit was just just AAA. saturated in AAA, yeah. and then it was like, where's Headlander? Where's Song in the Deep? Where you know, like we mm-hmm. had a few. So I, I, we need to support devs, or I'm sorry, publishers like Adult Swim Games. This was a fine Double Fine did the game,
1: mm-hmm.
0: immaculate gameplay, great, great aesthetic to it. Not much of a story, but it's not really supposed to have one. It's it's a cool game, such a cool game. I, I would say if you're if you're gonna plunker. $20 down on a really cool 2D experience or at least a side-scrolling experience, give it to Metroidvania. Okay. Sorry. What the fuck? I called it Metroidvania. Give it the headline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not inside. Anyway, let's see. Um, another mention would be Far Cry Primal. We both got into this game hot and heavy at the beginning, mm-hmm. beginning of the year. I wanted to give it a mention because it's easy to forget the games that come out in first quarter. Yeah,
1: that was in, like, February.
0: Yeah, and then, it, then suddenly it becomes, like, heavy with all the ones that came out at the end of the year. It's like, mm-hmm. no, that,
1: that was such a cool game. I
0: think it was better than Part 4 mm-hmm. uh, through and through. Not better than 3, but it did carry the lineage of 3. And I, did, I just think it had a, just a better world, better gameplay loops, better... Than Far Cry 4, it was just more fun. Okay. The Beastmaster mode was so cool, too. It was awesome.
1: That was like, one of my favorite parts of it.
0: Yeah. Beast taming, like, needs to come back. Absolutely needs to come back. I don't care if it, like, next Far Cry takes place in, like, New York. You mm-hmm. need to have Beastmasters, okay? In fact, that's a cool idea. Okay. The animals take over. <laughs> <laughs> like, they all, they break out of the New York Zoo and start taking over, like, a fucking Tokyo Jungle-style kind of shit. <laughs> that would be That would be an awesome Far yeah. Cry, actually. Fuck. We should do that. Let's pitch it. Ubisoft. Fuck what you got for five.
1: <laughs> we need an open world beast game.
0: Open world beast game post-apocalyptic. Don't you fucking worry about
1: it. It'd be like, we're back the dinosaur story. but Baba boom
0: Sold. <laughs> Alright, uh, Doom gets a very, very honorable nod. In fact, it almost made it higher on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Titanfall 2 beat it out of my top ten list. Just for the fact that I think Doom is a better gameplay experience. I think okay. it handles way better. But Titanfall 2's level design is just so much better, more memorable than Doom. Whereas Doom, I was just kind of... The level
1: design was really whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was good. I liked that it was uh, lateral, where you can jump around in levels and there's hidden little trinkets. But what it came down to, the gameplay loop was just killing demons. There wasn't... Mm. The levels didn't speak for themselves, and the levels weren't really a part of the gameplay,
1: is the thing, that I should say. No, but when you were killing demons, that's when the game, like, excelled.
0: Absolutely, they excelled more so than even Titanfall. Where Titanfall is just like, eh, I'm killing the same old fucking robot buddies. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you know it's interesting when Titan's coming your way. But okay. Doom gets a heavy nod. Great music, great aesthetic, great gameplay.
1: Yeah. Um. You got one more before we yeah, get into yeah, the yeah. actual list. Titanfall two. Okay. Titanfall two would be
0: my next, my last honorable mention, uh, for the fact that it's just I, I have not seen a mind-bending campaign like that. You have people coming saying that. Uh, Call of Duty, Infinite Warfare, and Battlefield One had better campaigns. To which I say, open your fucking eyes and open your your the ha- your hand eyes. Hmm. Open the eyes on your hands. <laughs> you understand me? Because um, it just did things that I was like, I haven't seen this in a shooter in years, mm-hmm. if at all. Uh, it felt like Portal. It felt like Portal too, as as a first person shooter. If you actually could shoot at things in that game, that's what it felt like. Uh, the well, it doesn't start
1: that way, right? Like no, it, it opens up into the sort of no, it doesn't. It, it, it starts way. off
0: as a pretty bog standard shooter, mm-hmm. and it was like that's kind of disappointing. And then you, when you get to like halfway through the game, it just opens the fuck up. It just just sets fire to everything you know about that game. It start it starts using your platforming pretty heavy. Uh, you platform through these kind of ever-shifting, gigantic levels. Level mm-hmm. design is great in that game. I don't think people give it enough credit just because it looks like just your standard future military thing. But I mean, like, compared to what Infinite Warfare did versus Titanfall 2, mm-hmm. it's just like, Infinite Warfare is like, well, it's just reskin maps from the older games. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't really hop around them too much. You can't do too much with them. Whereas Titanfall 2, it's like I felt like it was like the uh, the jump from Mega Man to Mega Man X, where it's like, I can touch every part of this hmm. level. I can utilize Every inch of this level for, for battles, for fights, for getting around, doing whatever the fuck I want. And then when it gets to the point where you're doing the time switching thing, oh my god.
1: It gets even better. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Awesome game. So, that that would be mine. Cool. What's Good your armor. first
1: number five, buddy? My first number five is going to go to Far Cry Primal. Really? I actually really enjoyed that game. Really? I had it played That's a Far Cry game. Uh, I wanted a little more from it in terms of being like that sort of, uh, what was it, 10,000 BCE world. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted something a little more prehistoric, like, you know... They could have done so much more with it, and I would have loved for them to have actually have like a co-op component to it because that world was so large and fun, and I wanted to jump into it with a friend. Um, large and fun, but empty,
0: but not empty fun. in a bad way. But no. just, just empty, and that's like, yeah, it's pretty lonely here.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was pretty lonely, but I, you know? I always felt stronger and more uh, equipped with my mm-hmm. beast friends. Like there was nothing like you know fucking possessing an owl and getting it to do your kills from aerial strikes or, you know, getting to ride atop a saber to- tooth or having a bear on your side. Like, they were r- really great companions to have and um, I enjoyed that part. The quests, they were fun. Um, you know, you had interesting ones where you be- you imbued the spirit of a mammoth and you did little mammoth quest where you had to, like, uh, bring mammoths across, like, uh, frozen tundras or bring them to their family or whatever. So those were kind of the weird ones for me. Um, but the-, the bigger ones were... Uh, the beast hunts where you actually had to go off and hunt these bigger monsters, like the one-eyed saber tooth or like the great scar bear, like these sort of creatures that everybody spoke of in the line that everybody was afraid of. But you're like, you know what? I'm the fucking main wenja. I'm going to do this shit. <laughs> <laughs> wenja wanja <laughs> Wunja, wenja. So really extraordinary. I thought the, the skill tree was, was awesome. Um, I loved how it played. Uh, it had some really cool takedowns and, um, like kill animations to it. Um, just really stand out to me. So I enjoyed it a lot. We got a platinum on that.
0: We both did. Yeah. That was
1: my first platinum of the year. So
0: it was it was such a good game. It's just such a well made game, very polished game. Mm-hmm. It, I I don't think it's one of the absolute best of the year, no. uh, but it did make my top ten list because it something resonated with me. Yeah. you know, over several other games that I played in the year. So
1: there's something to say about it. It's just a fun experience through and through. Yeah, absolutely. So. I, I agree with that totally.
0: Uh, my number five is another Ubisoft game, because Ubisoft was banging on all cylinders this year. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. They were. They I know people like it. to give them shit just because of the big boys in town, and because they're French, and we all hate the French, but uh, oh my god, they're going to fucking, there goes our sponsorship. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Gone. We're never going to Montreal Comic Con oh, now. Oh, bummer. Fuck. Won't get, to play, won't get to try Beaver Tail. <laughs> Actually, I'm banned from Canada anyway. Fuck it. Uh, number five would be Watch Dogs 2. Okay. And I know a lot of people slept on this game and this reminds me of a very similar dog situation where people slept on sleeping dogs and that's mm. a weird sentence, but it happens <laughs> It reminded me of that game where I'm like, dude, you, it, you didn't reinvent open world crime games mm-hmm. and not, 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 not necessarily say like crime is a big component of the game, but you know what I mean by yeah. saying that, that that very that kind of open world where it's like you're in a city, you steal cars, you can run over pedestrians if you're an asshole, but you don't have to. Uh, that type of genre it didn't reinvent it. But it certainly added its own fucking style to it mm-hmm. through and through. Such a cool story. Uh, and it's one of those Ubisoft sequels that they seem to know how to do so well where they improve on the original game in almost every fucking department. Mm. They just blow it out of the water where it's like, you didn't like the character? You didn't like the story? Pff, gone. We got this cool story, rebellious characters, such a great cast. Marcus Holloway is such a charming, interesting character. Uh Definitely like the the millennial face of rebellion, mm-hmm. which is so cool. The rest of your the cast the supporting cast is great. I loved fucking hanging out with these characters. I loved coming back and getting missions from. Them. I didn't mind when they came over your radio or whatever to like mm-hmm. you know announce into your fucking ear, because uh, I was like, yeah, you all have something cool or funny to say. And the mission structure was so interesting, so cool. Uh, n- nothing was like m- revelatory in it but it was just like it really fit the theme you're a hacker you're trying to pull off these heists and pranks and and just basic disruptions to mm-hmm. to get one over big brother it was such a cool story such a cool world i i fucking demolished that game i got a platinum in that game you did so i much. forgot about that yeah. actually
1: <laughs> that's really impressive
0: and it's it's i i got a, a big shout out to setting it in san francisco that is such a cool playground it is one of the more interesting... Uh, For somebody who's been there sense. quite a
1: few times, right?
0: They, they got yeah. it pretty right. I mean, it's a much more idealistic version of San Francisco, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think it has only a percentile of the bums that you'll run into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, it was a very... I love what they did with it. I definitely do. Hmm. Um, much better than their representation of Chicago in the first Watch A
1: Chicago. I mean,
0: they got the dreariness down for <laughs> Chicago, but there's just something about it. It's just like this doesn't even look like the Chicago I know. Like you didn't go the extra mile to kind of like bring it to life. Whereas mm-hmm. San Francisco is like, nah, you kind of, you kind of nailed it where it matters. You know, I think they 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 hit some several points where just like, all right, make sure you get Golden State Bridge right. Make sure you get uh, uh, Pride Street right. Don't mm-hmm. forget the name of it. Make sure you get all these parts right about it, and then just go from there and they did it they they did so well that was such a fun game but yeah i would say again this and sleeping dogs are like my favorite non-gta fucking crime crime games games. Mm. although gta has been in my mind just going downhill for me not in terms of quality just like my turn in terms of interest Mm -hmm. i feel like they're
1: beating your attention span for it Mm -hmm.
0: same bush that's why i like to see these other games take on the mantle Mm. what is your number four
1: my number four is dark souls 3 whoo First entry in the Dark Souls series for me, and I feel like it was the best one because it combined mm-hmm. all the elements of the previous game and made like the perfect Souls experience. Mm-hmm. The combat was really smooth. Um, the gameplay was like really refined. It had a good crunch to it when you were fighting enemies. Um, I really love the dark fantasy world of Lothric. Um, the characters you come across, whether it's the Firekeeper or some of the characters in the world who become like your companions. Um, I love the beasts, the world, uh, the fucking boss fights, some of the more memorable boss fights for me in years, Um, probably since, like, Shadow of the Colossus and Castlevania. Like, Mm -hmm. these boss fights have really stuck with me. Um, I'll admit, it was really frustrating at first. Like, yeah, they say you're gonna die a lot in a Dark Souls game. I fucking died so many times. I lost count of times. But there was something about, like, starting over at that previous fire shrine and, and working your way to the point where you lost your souls and having to, like, fight your way back to the next fire shrine. And really just, like... The grind from point to point that was really satisfying, and it made you feel like you earned it, you know. And it, it was it was difficult for me at first. And you said there's a clicking point to where like you you're not great at the game, but then you become phenomenal at the game. Like you figure out how the combat works, you figure out how to parry, figure out all these basic things that like the game like doesn't really hand to you, but you know expects you to know. Um, and then you're able to soar with it. And it it played best when I knew everything about it, and even when I was playing with friends, like. When I would jump in with you and Brandon, when we would do like these dungeons, and I was like, "Oh, this is fun!" Like as a team, I like this a lot. Um, really singularly great experience. I can't talk about it enough, and it kicked my ass a lot. But you know, sixty hours later, like I can say that I fucking own that game.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll talk about it in a second, yeah, because <laughs> it's not necessarily my number four.
0: Number four for me is Uncharted for a Thief's End.
1: Wow, that worked really low for you. <laughs> really low out of five? Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> out of the top five of the year? Yeah.
1: Well, well tell me about it.
0: you got to think of it this way. I played the game once. Sure. I, pl- I played it through top to bottom once. Okay. And I didn't have a big urge to return to it. That's not uh, an indictment against the game. I just, th- that's as much as I could get out of it. Okay. Like, I, it's one of those games I might return to later on. But I should say, I think, uh, great story, such a good story. You know, I, I keep on seeing people, like, come at it left and right, like these detractors, and I'm like, I'm just, I'm, I'm not sure I understand where you're coming from. What what enjoyment do you find from this life where you, you can say Uncharted Four story sucked? Mm-hmm. You know, because, I mean, granted, it, it is completely, uh, the tentpole for Part 4 are the first three games, and mm-hmm. not necessarily because there's any story threads that connect them, it's just the character threads and just having gone through the adventures with Nathan Drake for that many years, mm-hmm. you know, since the PS3 carried over the PS4. And it's just culmination of it all, where it's just like it is such a game rooted in having gone through with Nate Drake mm-hmm. and doing that, and and there's so many payoffs. It's like fucking a whole game of payoffs. Yeah. Where the relationship between Sully and, and Nathan pays off right there. Uh, we finally get, you know, Elena and Drake. Not only are they married, but they 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 finally address this kind of addiction that he has to this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I think to to a certain regard. Sam is the greatest foil that could happen to Nate, his brother, mm-hmm. yeah. who comes in the scene, who's kind of disheveled, kind of a fuck-up.
1: But he yeah. brings that side out of him more and more. And brings he, that side
0: he, out, but I think he's allowed to kind of see, like, is that what I was like? Mm-hmm. You know, and kind of question, just like, no, it doesn't make any sense. I have a family now. Mm-hmm. I, I have people that love me, and I can't just be out here in the middle of nowhere yeah. gonna get fucking uh, shot to death in the middle of a ruin that nobody's going to find my While ignoring calls from my, my wife. <laughs> exactly, like... So th- there's a deeper sense of introspection that you don't necessarily get in the older games. It's like if they made it, it's like what we wanted out of the fourth Indiana Jones movie mm-hmm. where he just kind of took a look like what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> you know? <laughs> where the first three are just balls to the walls adventures, not too much reflection going on and then part 4 is just it is it feels like that sequel we get like 10 years down the line, mm-hmm. you know? But we got it much sooner in video games cuz you can do that with that yeah, narrative sure. where it's like this kind of return to an older hero. That you're like, w- who are you now? And kind of take a look at your life and what led you here. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad the-, the conclusions that it drew. You know, it could have been a somber ending, but it's not. It's one of the more hopeful endings. Uh, but Naughty Dog's like that. They're pretty hopeful. Even The Last of Us had a little hope in it. Yeah, sure. You know, but that that's such a great ending. And I have so much hope if they do an Uncharted five. I want to just be completely its own beast. Mm-hmm. Just do something else. Go somewhere else with it. Because Nate, he's done. Yeah, I think so too. And I will point out. Great gameplay. The shootouts are a little weird. That's probably why it ranked a little lower for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love platforming. I think platforming is done immaculately in that game. Okay.
1: Immaculately. Okay. What's your three? My three. Give me your three. Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> <laughs> is this your number three too? Yeah. Okay. Cool. We can, I guess we can hit it at the same point. Okay. Go ahead, hit it. Final Fantasy XV, we love this game.
0: We reviewed the whole fucking thing in two hours. (laughs) Yeah.
1: For all of its faults, for all the things that we really nitpick about it and really hate on it for, and the things that didn't do well, it did so much for itself that I feel like made it such a standout title made it worth talking about time and time again.
0: I felt like a fly attracted to a fly trap with this game. (laughs) Yeah. I know it was going to hurt me in a lot of ways, but god damn, did I want to be in there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know? i to be stuck to that sticky tape.
0: Yeah. cool. Oh, just get me stuck on there. S-
1: Cover some- my body. Something about that world, it was satisfying. The combat was great. The music, the characters, the world. Like, there was just something about that world. The little world.
0: sounds, the, little, the interactions between the, the, the foursome, mm-hmm. <laughs> your four boys, you know? And yeah, they were overwrought anime character types, you know, mm-hmm. or characters, I should say. But, but they you got were this, done so well you
1: got this sort of time with them that was more intimate and more personable than you would get with a regular cast of anime characters that made me care about them like yeah you guys are archetypes in a lot of ways or you know um, what's the other word I'm looking for not archetypes but stereotypes Stereotypes. Uh, but they're so just much. they're so well written in their interplay with one another that like I couldn't help but want to just like be with them everywhere they went Right, and you know,
0: they're giving so many standout moments, and the standout moments usually just happen in the open world. A lot of the standout moments don't even happen in the story, which is the kind of yeah. wishy-washy part of it. But it just, what worked, worked really, really well. What doesn't work is frustrating and disappointing, but not mm-hmm. necessarily completely no. raise the earth broken. It's not.
1: It's... It didn't ruin the experience for me, because the things that didn't work for me, like, the regalia, like, you know, oh. I didn't I didn't have to use the regalia, or I can put it on auto, boom. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to worry about it so much. There were just, like, little minute things that, you know, they stacked up to be a lot. Like, you know, the, the subset of menus for, like, quest lines and stuff, the, the fucking only having one beast hunt mm-hmm. at a time, how weak some of the missions were, how a lot of the story was omitted. Like, these are things that, like... A twenty-somewhat year developer like Square Enix or then SquareSoft with a game like Final Fantasy that's so acclaimed, like they shouldn't be making these sort of mistakes. They should be trailblazing at this point. They should be doing what they do best. And I feel like they lost some time in between games and they kind of lost some of their, you know, steam. But they still had a good story to tell and I, they had great characters to tell with.
0: Better characters than a story. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say that.
1: Uh, well, but... no, the story was great. They just told it very poorly by omitting parts and delivering it in certain ways i thought like i think
0: the setting and backdrop for for yeah what they're the bare skeleton of that story could have worked it could have but the meat on the bones was just gone it It was dry yeah there was nothing there for it to really so i i would say in execution bad Mm -hmm. bad story but yeah yeah there is potential but you give more points for potential than i ever do i do because i fucking just slam them with a goddamn bat an ultimate bet and, Ultima bat. I mean, and at, the, <laughs> at
1: the end of the day that's what you got in the game so you have yeah. to take it for what it is and like yeah i could Ultima be unforgiving bat. that way yeah ultimate bet Ultima bat. my, ulti- that, my <laughs> ultimate bet my ultimate bet but well, yeah,
0: but i'm not going to trash it it's number 3 cause I, it's number 3 for a reason I kept on coming back to it. I think the gameplay is sound. Very sound. I love the party system. Everything It just works in so many ways that other games didn't work this year. Like Mafia 3 didn't mm-hmm. even rank on this list for me, and I thought that that game had some great components to it, but mm-hmm. ultimately it just did not gel together. And when you're in the open world, when you're taking on... Beast hunts, when you're traveling around with your bros taking fucking pictures and cooking up food. When you're stumbling game, across
1: dungeons. Yeah. Like, it's, this
0: game gels. It, it's just like, fuck, this is the game I wanted. Mm-hmm. And then the story doesn't pay at all. it off. But, you know, it's.
1: Sometimes it's about the journey, not the end result. You know?
0: Sometimes. Sometimes. I hate to
1: play that card, but, you know, that's what it was for me. It was about the journey through and through. It just worked. The um, game worked for me. You know, I, I will say that it has probably the worst camera I've ever messed with in gaming this year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but
0: we, we have an entire review episode. Mm-hmm up for final fantasy 15 check it out check it out save room and save it soundcloud
1: <laughs> so that's a number three uh number two i think it's the same one too drop it on me overwatch overwatch so good uh, especially because, like, leading into it, uh, you had two different camps where it's like, oh, you can get Battleborn and get Overwatch, and like nobody really. That's need... not a discussion anymore. No, I, at the time it was a huge debate, and like op- a lot of people, were, yeah, I'm gonna get Battleborn. I was like, fuck yeah, I'll fuck yeah. with Battleborn. And I wasn't too sure about Overwatch, like, cause yeah, yeah, you know, right. I played a little bit of Team Fortress too, and I was about that, but like I wanted something more like Battleborn. But then I sat with Overwatch a little m- bit more. I saw the the animated shorts they were putting out, the sort of support they were doing, the characters. Like, There's something about it that really called me to it. Got it at launch, and I haven't stopped playing it since. Like mm-hmm. It's been seven straight months of Overwatch. And it has been one of the games that has got me most excited to be a gamer again. I don't play online games, but you will find me online playing this game every fucking night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Outstanding mm-hmm. cast of now, what, 23 characters, which started as 21. Each one plays very stylistically and individually. And like I have a purpose for each of them in each scenario. And I love each character for what they are in the game.
0: There's something to be said. Just take last night, for example... Where you come home directly from work mm-hmm. at like 10.30. And I say, hey, do you want to hop on for a match? And then it's 2 a.m. Yep. It's 2 a.m. suddenly. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "That that that is the ultimate, ultimate success of this game. Where it's like, it, it's got me hooked. It, it took... It's it took you some time. A reconfiguration Lots. process where it, it, I had to relearn what I liked about like shooting games. First person like I came from the Call of Duty camp and now I, I can barely play Call of Duty and yet I can play this game like fucking every day. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just a relearning to like, alright, let me work in a team ecosystem. And you know, and not to say that there isn't uh, opportunities for you to be stand out by yourself in the game. You can be. Like you... Yeah, I mean, but it, it is ultimately a team-based game, and that was my ultimate like, you know, kind of hesitation with it.
1: I feel like a lot of people still struggle with it. I see people right. like even in the higher ranks, like not working together. And I'm like, no, it's seven months in, guys, come on.
0: Like, I, th- I think they're they're succeeding despite themselves, mm-hmm. whereas they could be really on top of the game if yeah. they actually work as team. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, the world design is so interesting. Uh, I think the the approach to making a positive. Kind of ecosystem within the game from the characters saying hello and, and mm-hmm. little friendly interactions. All well, their little
1: voice lines. So where yeah. if you have two certain characters in a room, their interactions like with their voice lines will be different than a different set of two characters. It's right. really interesting, like the little sound design choices and, it, and it, thought it, they put. It's, it's into a positive that. outlook
0: of the future, mm-hmm. and even though it comes from one that is, uh, if you follow the lore on w- Wikipedia, I guess because mm-hmm. yeah. you can't get it in the game, um, you can you find that. They have just suffered a huge war, Mm -hmm. and yet they're rebuilding. This is the... uh reconstruction stage mm. of of this overwatch future like this
1: is the second wave of overwatch essentially
0: essentially and you know you you're having these battles in these cities that are at their best right mm. now you know because not not one of the environments is like a post-apocalyptic wasteland or uh, a ruined city really i, I mean, can, I can hold it i can vault like because all like yeah i can, the, vault? I can yeah, hold I can, vault. I can vault. yeah i can hold these a little fucked up because it,
1: it shows kind of the remnants of what happened during the omnic war um, and it's really interesting because like you see that I think they released that after the uh, Bastion yeah, animated short so you get to see a little bit what happens there and then having your hands on it and playing with it you're like wow like you don't consider those lands that are lost by time you only consider the mm-hmm. Numbanis or Volsky, like the, the ones that seem like they're moving forward in time you don't consider mm-hmm. like what was lost by the war
0: there's something <clears throat> just beneath the surface in lore and I, I hope they expand on it way more then i'm sorry but youtube videos are not going to cut it for me i understand that yeah. you're you're going after this generation's throat trying to do that sure mm-hmm. awesome maybe i'm an old timer in that way but just give me a good piece of fucking media in the game
1: it'd be interesting if they added it to like the main menu like okay right. watch all the shorts or something watch like that
0: watch all the shorts or you know uh do, do an expanded uh, pve mode or something mm-hmm. like that that kind of gives us a little more backdrop to it but i it just there's something about this game that kept me going back and i think I wrote a few words about it. Mm-hmm. And rather than try to sum it up on the top of my head, I'm going to give you a, just a little highlight here. Uh, let's see. So a lot of people were, con- in, at least in the console space, some people were considering this a fluke. Mm-hmm. Or boy Colin Moriarty yep. thinks it's a fucking fluke. And I'm just like, no, 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 no you're, you're ignoring what makes this game work. You haven't you spent enough time Because you don't it. like multiplayer games yeah. like this. But you need to look at this. Because uh, Overwatch isn't a fluke. It's a masterclass in design. It's the game dev's game, and shouldn't just be studied by its peers in the class-based shooter space. It should be regarded by every game maker from here on out. The attention to detail goes beyond painstaking. The commitment to balance is inhuman. On paper, this is not my ty- typical purview. I may have played one round of TF2 in my whole life and that's all it took for me to call quitsies. Hmm. Yet Overwatch reexamines class-based uh, video games and obliterates its weaknesses. And I go out and say that, you know, support roles, which are traditionally just the last-pick bullshit, mm-hmm. are... Some of the foremost players. You yeah. wanna be Zenyatta. you wanna be Mercy. It's fun being a hero it in that is. game. And that that's that makes the biggest difference where they kind of re examine that whole kind of makeup and go, So what doesn't work about this anymore? Mm-hmm. You know, and they that's why that game feels so fresh. I know people coming out of the gate were like, Oh, it's just another T F two and I'm just like, No, this 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 is the the game that overtakes T F two. this is what rises from the ashes of old school ideas, you know? It, it, it's a modern shooter in mm. every way possible. I enjoy that game so much. That's why I rank so fucking high for uh, the
1: same. It would have been my game of the year. It really would have been. Um, I'm actually confused what could be
0: your game of the year now.
1: I gotta say though... Oh, Is like, The Last Guardian? <laughs> like, <laughs> this game has had a sort of longevity with me and I think it'll continue to have longevity into, you know, year two of Overwatch and year three or for however long mm-hmm. it's on the PS4. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're gonna keep putting support into it, keep listening to community and keep adding to what it, what makes it great whether it's seasonal events or new themes or new modes you know they're always listening to the community and i've never been a part of such a live game like this like yeah i've been a part of patches but like never such an active in game development i think it's really exciting and it's amazing like each character like i'm excited to see what they're going to do with them down the line I can't, like yeah it's fucking phenomenal
0: Cool cast, great design, immaculate Mm -hmm. design, and one of those games that follows the tenets of all great games, which is it's easy to pick up, difficult to master.
1: Yeah, no, it's anybody could pick this game up. I've, I've come across so many people who are like, oh, but I'm not good at shooters. It doesn't matter. Like, no, like I'm not good at first person shooters, mm-hmm. but I found my home with this game. I found a niche game where I felt really great. I excel with characters like you know, it's the offense characters, like, you know, those typical like first person shooter characters that I don't do as well with. Mm-hmm. But for me it's like my tanks or my support characters that I, like I found like characters that I can work well with. And it's I don't know, it makes me feel powerful where I don't feel as good in like games like Call of Duty or, you know, Battlefield. It's true. I Same it. here. Yeah, actually, it, I, I feel good at games like this. I now. just feel
0: nothing but frustration mm-hmm. in those games nowadays, and I think one of the important factors that you, that that opened it up, much more publicly, was that it's a slower game. Mm-hmm. And some of these battles are fast paced, or are intense, but it slows it down enough for you to perceive what's going on to think tactically. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to, you can still have fun and just, you know, let me blast at things. Yeah. You, know, you can participate on any level. That's what sure. makes this game so interesting, where it's like, and still of be the, playing it, right? One of the biggest tips is like, no matter what character, no matter what you're doing, the best thing you can do is always be shooting. Mm-hmm. Always yeah. be shooting at the enemy because you're bound to do something positive for your team. You know, yeah. whereas like Battlefield, fuck, I gave us away. We're all dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so. That, it,
1: and you, you will give yourself away with that with gunshots or like, because the sound design, it works in a way where like enemy footsteps are louder, enemy ultimates are louder. So you give yourself away in little ways. But yeah, like <laughs> it it just works for it. And but th- just, just how it goes. You got to get into it. You on, know? on a base level, like my first night playing, like there was nothing more satisfying than getting like a five kill streak. Now there's nothing more satisfying than grouping up with like my whole team coordinating ultimates and doing a team wipe like it's just Mm -hmm. there's a thrill of it that I don't get from other games yep so awesome Um, what's your
0: number one
1: my number one Uncharted 4 man really it just did it for me
0: god damn Uh, and I'll say it uh, I'm surprised
1: Uncharted 4 is the reason I am a PlayStation player. the reason I go to them over exclusives versus, you know, Xbox or Nintendo. Like, there's something about their games on every level that I don't don't get from other fucking um, Mm -hmm. console developers. Uh, Singularly great experience. While, like you said, it does hinge on the ones that come before it, I think it builds on those games. And does, like, it has such an amazing payoff and send-off that it felt gratifying in the end. It took me a while to get there because I was playing it on hard, granted. But the journey along the way was amazing. Like... You know, you, when you come back to Drake after all these years of, like, not having played the third one, and he's a fucking, like, he works as a salvage team, you know, correspondent or whatever he does, he fucking just, like, mm-hmm. lifts salvage from, like, under the ocean. You're doing that stuff with him, you're like, oh, this is what, you know, the mundane, like, married life of Nathan Drake could be like. You know, it's interesting. You see him do stuff like that. You see him interplaying with Elena, like, just arguing over the dishes and playing Crash Bandicoot, or even exploring the attic where you can just see, like, all the relics throughout the years. Like, there's something about it that was just like, wow, this feels really thoughtful and and final to me and it was just it was a perfect send-off i i don't think everything worked for it as well as they intended Mm -hmm. i don't think uh the game played as well as some of its predecessors i don't think the cover system always worked i don't think the stealth played out as masterfully as say like elements of the last of us Mm -hmm. and i didn't necessarily love they're big for the sake of being big world because that that world is big for nothing like mm-hmm. there there were so many different avenues to get to the same point and I just felt like, okay, why am I doing this? Like, just cause you could, just cause you could code a bigger world? Yeah, it looks gorgeous. But it just it felt empty just for the sake of being there. And yeah, there were cool ruins to explore, and yeah, maybe I'd find a piece of treasure. But I, I feel like it didn't add to my experience in the way that like other open world games do it. For me, this game was about the narrative through and through, and no game gave me a better narrative. Whether it was the main cast of characters are gonna play between Drake, Sully, and Sam. The fake fucking narrative switch that they do, like halfway through the game, where you think something happened and you find out it didn't actually happen. And it reveals a sort of motivation for a character you're like, wow, you kind of tricked me into doing this. Even the little marriage bits that bleed over, like you're away, you tell your wife that you're going to do this Malaysia job but really you're off trying to find this treasure and she fucking finds you and you're like, wow, there's some real hard-hitting marriage shit happening in the middle mm-hmm. of this fucking like mission that I'm doing. It, it was just phenomenal and all of it through the end just I, it resonated with me it really did some of the best fight scenes uh the final boss fight was amazing you know i i love that they forego doing everything with gunpoint like we're gonna give you an old-fashioned sword fight with rafe who was just this really full-flesh villain i thought more of him than i had any of the other games prior like i don't remember any of the other villains but Rafe, I will remember, there was just something about him, something about his motivation and your interplay with him that was Something great. so real about him. There was something really real about it. Like, him. it was just such a,
0: the naked greed on him, mm-hmm. on his face, it was just like, I recognize this in everyday life. Yeah. I recognize this when I hear Donald Trump speak. Yeah. I was like, this is this is a real villain. And, you know, I know, because he was so nuanced. Mm-hmm. He was so just down to earth. He wasn't trying to raise the dead, like, in part two or yeah. whatever the fuck was going on. He just literally wanted to get his.
1: He wanted to be the best in his class, and he wanted to say he found this <laughs> treasure, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Amazingly realized world. And then there were some moments in between that were really standout. Like, your scenes earlier on with... Uh, Nate and Sam in the orphanage or when you're exploring this mansion you're looking through like the old Drake like heirlooms and stuff. Like, it was, was really good. There was something about those intimate moments that like I was just like I would I didn't want to rush through those segments. I wanted to take my time with them because I was like this is something I haven't gotten in a game in a while. So all of it up and through the epilogue which is probably one of the coolest like end game things I've ever experienced. Like mm-hmm. just phenomenal from start to finish. I'd I played it, and I think I finished it in June or July, and I was like, this is my game of the year. And, like, it was hard to say that even then, where I saw it six months ahead of me, but I just, I felt something about it, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. I feel you. Naughty Dog is on top of the game. One of no. the best developers in this fucking world, and people need to take a look at what they're yeah. doing and what they do right.
1: I, I think it's it's smart that they looked at all their games, not even in the Uncharted series, but the games that came before, it, like, Last of Us. Like, that's, like, you said before, it's very informed from the decisions that the Last of Us did in terms of, like, mm-hmm. environments or gameplay, like... It just it's it's so smart through and through, and I, I'm very appreciative that we got it. And I I don't want to see another story with Drake. I like I think like to give us another one would kind of lessen my experience here. Probably yeah, very <laughs> much probably. So
0: uh, so I did a kind of re- reverse of my uh my, my my typical song and dance, which mm-hmm. is you know I, I I valued gameplay more than narrative this year. Okay. And I think this game, my number one speaks to it strongest speaks to the idea i mean like as as you're ranking Mm -hmm. i (laughs) like it goes from final fantasy 15 and on where it's like 15 yeah i'd like the gameplay more than the story Mm -hmm. overwatch there's no fucking story in the game i only like the the gameplay and then here's number one dark souls 3 dark souls 3 is my number fucking one it is (laughs) it is a game that reminded me what it is to be a gamer it reminded me of a kind of difficulty that I haven't seen in years. Mm-hmm. It reminded me that games don't have to hold your hand for you to enjoy them. That a game could still hold surprises, you you don't learn everything about a game within the fucking first 10 minutes like most modern games allow you to do mm-hmm. you know that this game hides things from you there's more to discover there's things that you don't understand about it there's things you don't understand about your inventory there's things you don't understand about the world around you or mm-hmm. the types of enemies but you do you get it and in doing so this game more than any other forces you to master it Mm-hmm. it absolutely forces you to master your environment the level design matters where in some games it's just throw away here's a background for you to walk through the level design was as important as your character was or as important as surviving against enemies because you have to figure out pathways you have to figure out who's going to be on that pathway mm-hmm. do you remember like that's something we did away with in video games where enemies could uh, respawn in the same area and you have to worry about them that mm-hmm. we did away with it because like oh it's annoying
1: yeah well this game uses it and yeah. it uses it against you like every time you go back to a fireplace, like all the enemies respawn whether you do it manually or you die and you're forced back to the previous like they yep. respawn in the same way. And you have to very tactically think of how am I going to get through this area again? You know? So th-
0: this was my first um, real go at a Dark Souls game or mm-hmm. a Souls experience cuz I played Demon Souls back in the, back in the day and it was just it was I couldn't do it. Okay. I was like fuck this. I I wasn't ready for that. You know. And then I did Bloodborne. And remember, I traded in Bloodborne, like, right away. I was like, fuck this. I gave it a good, like, two hours in the same area. just could not get past its gameplay. I could not do it. I couldn't even deal with the fact that your attack buttons are on the shoulders. (laughs) I was like, who the fuck would do this? Yeah, it was weird.
1: It felt very different. It
0: felt counterintuitive. And then you realize, no, this game hinges on that. Because it's always... Think of it as your fucking your nose is going in the battle first mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like you start to think of you pushing your controller forward and suddenly it starts to make a little more sense you know like if they if they put the dodge button on the shoulders or something it would fuck up the whole experience mm-hmm. you know but I went into Dark Souls 3 and like I said, like I said to you, there was a clicking point it mm-hmm. didn't happen immediately. I beat the first boss and I was still like, oh man that like took everything out of me yeah there's more game than this <laughs> like how, how can I do this you know And then when you learn how to level, Learn to use the souls. When you learn to use the shortcuts. When you start to navigate the enemies, and you you understand that every encounter is a boss encounter. Mm-hmm. You know you, you can't just treat it as like here's the minions that I'm gonna dive through and keep on going. No 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 no. You gotta treat them as because any single bitch enemy, every every glass Joe Could can take, take, you take you down.
1: They're all it's all a fight for your life through and through.
0: And. I think you have to stop having that knee-jerk reaction that uh, death is punishment. Mm-hmm. You have to think of death as a tool in this game. It's a mechanic. Death is a mechanic. And you what you use it for is to basically uh, sonar ping your way through levels. Mm-hmm. You know? Every little ounce of progress that you make, every little inch of progress that you make is like a just a mile more. And you got to learn. All right, so what else do I know now? Mm-hmm. You know, and you keep on expanding your area of knowledge until you fucking master that level. You know every part of it. You know where to go. You know where there's items. You know what enemies going to come after you. You know which ones to avoid. It gets to a point where you can speed run through every fucking yeah. area <laughs> naturally, too, not even like you have to think about it. No, 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 no. you know it because <laughs> you did it that many times. <laughs> 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 and, you know, and that, that may sound very frustrating, but there's something really special about that experience in my mind mm-hmm. where it's just like this game is really making me play it yeah <laughs> you know? working
1: for everything that you get
0: like i feel like the, in some games you could ignore certain features especially like a, in a game like doom i only have to use two guns in that game
1: <laughs> really you know like the shotgun and the rocket launcher
0: right or like some fighting games are like i don't need to use the other characters in this game dark mm-hmm. souls is like you need to utilize everything i give you mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you can you can focus on what kind of build that you want naturally mm-hmm. Because it's still sort of an RPG. Yeah,
1: there were different classes that you could pick in the start of the game. Yeah, exactly. Creator.
0: And different weapons. Mm-hmm. But it really is like you need to take advantage of every little fucking rope that I give you. Every, mm-hmm. every little inch that this game gives you take. Because you you've learn to go forward. So I wrote, I wrote a few words about it. I'm going to just go with the last paragraph here. Uh, I'm glad I stuck in there. Because I would have missed out on a lavishly macabre fantasy world. Filled with gloriously grotesque monsters with a narrative presented as a painting, open to interpretation. It's a meticulously detailed piece of art that only this medium could craft. A genuine challenge that reminded me games used to be hard, and we used to welcome that difficulty. Dark Souls 3 doles out a fair many beatings. But once I learned how to roll with the punches, quite literally, it was the best gaming experience I had all year. And that's that's the big takeaway for me. It's a game that forces you to learn it. Mm -hmm. You need to learn what it is. It doesn't
1: hand you anything. Like uh-huh. most games do these days. Like, there isn't a tutorial for every new area. It's like, no. You but, get the tor- tutorial in the beginning if you look for it.
0: But once you do, all year I've never had more satisfying victories. Mm-hmm. Every triumph was just a fucking war won. Yeah. You know, when you beat a boss... <laughs> Screams of damn. triumph. Yeah, and there's just so much to discover in the game. Like, how the multiplayer system works and, you know, <laughs> the different glyphs and the different, like... Uh, covens and clans you could join Mm so it's just a rich game Mm -hmm. you know but it's not openly obvious and i think that's so important it's a game that's mysterious and it fits it fits its dark world Mm -hmm. and i loved it it was one of the games that was just like fuck i haven't i haven't played anything else like this all year and i'm sure other people are like oh it's not the best dark souls and i'm like i think it culminates the best of both series bloodborne and dark souls it's fast and crunchy like bloodborne is yet it is meticulously designed it's it's great it's my favorite game of the year
1: and I feel like people don't talk about it enough for all of its like triumphs like yeah we need to be talking about this a lot more because it was phenomenal oh yeah really stand out absolutely
0: absolutely stand out so that's my number one boom
1: (laughs) boom he says good year for gaming I'm excited to see uh, what 2017's got in store for us for sure especially with uh, Nintendo on the horizon promising us new hardware and new games from publishers that I really like
0: well I already know what my game of the year is of course they're making a Senran Kagura water gun shooter spinoff. Oh, my God. So, uh, I'm already there. For me, it's probably the Final Fantasy mobile game. Yeah, uh, the uh, with DW? Yeah, for sure. Ariana Grande? Yeah. That's mine, too. Sick. Love it. So, that about wraps it That's up, huh? Run, run, run,
1: run. Sickness, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, down the sickness. Cool. All right, guys. We appreciate your ears lending us your ears through our... Arbitrary list of the best of 2016. 2016 yep. is dead. It is. We have survived the beast. <laughs> we will never talk about it again. Nope. Hopefully 2017 is uh, not even a fraction as bad. But we know yeah. better. We know better than that. <laughs> Until next time, guys. I've been Kevin. And I'm Daniel. And this has been The Save Room. Boom. Boom again, huh? Out the boobs.